Hello and welcome to Bygones, the Ali McBeal Rewatch podcast. I'm Laura Jane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. And we are here rewatching every episode of Ali McBeal through 2020 eyes. And we have some guests this episode. Uh, We're very, very excited to be joined by Amy and Zoe from the I'm With The Boy Band podcast. Hi, ladies. Hello. 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 (laughs) We should have done that in a boy, in sync like a boy band. Hello. Oh, we really should have. Yeah, harmonise. We need to work on our harmonies, yeah. Yeah. We're really excited to have you guys on because I, I um, am a big fan, um, particularly of your podcast. I love um, uh, reminiscing about all the boy bands that ever was. Uh, oh, thank and- you. We've just found out that Eleanor doesn't listen. So <laughs> I'm just Call her out on her own podcast. Here's my first objection. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, fair. quite rightly. I think that's fair. <laughs> Um, but do you want to tell, um, for anyone who hasn't listened to you guys, do you want to give everyone a sense of uh, what you guys do on your podcast and if they want to tune in, they, what they would expect to hear? Well, we're um, both slightly boy band obsessed, um, <laughs> something which we've, in our mid-40s, have come to terms with, that it's it's fine um, to be... Early, early 40s Sorry. for some of us. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Um, that it's actually okay to be obsessed with boy bands. There's nothing wrong with it. And, you know, this is a world of feminism and empowerment, and we should be allowed to love whatever we love, be it... Um, ice skating or gymnastics or walking dogs that you find your thing and you love it and our thing is boy bands and we our podcast week by week uh tells us history of one boy band sometimes it's 28 boy bands because they're all intertwined Mm. Uh, we tell we tell the history of a boy band and then we score them on their boy bandness and we give them a position in the ultimate boy band chart so that eventually after we've completed all 250 odd boy bands on our list we will have a chart letting the world know who is the ultimate boy band ever yeah, wow. these guys have invented a new science, boy bandology, which <laughs> I love, uh, and there's a lot of rigour around it, which I uh, am Enjoy. very excited about. <laughs> I tell in the nose, I love a spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, so he loves a spreadsheet too, so yeah, very good. That's so, my other thing, that's going to be my next podcast, it's going to be... Uh, yeah, great, I'll come on as a guest, great. <laughs> Um, but yeah, today you guys are, are here to join us to talk about episode uh, two of season three of Ali McBeal. Um, yeah. But before we get into that, um, we ask all of our guests, um, what is your kind of background and history with Ali McBeal? How do you come to the to the show? Is it something you watched when it was first on? I did, yeah. I watched <laughs> it all the way through, l- live in the UK as it was broadcast. I loved it. I think there was something really special about that time for TV because Ali McBeal was absolutely one of my absolute favourites. But we also had um, Buffy at the same yes. time. We had Dawson's Creek. Yes. There was a lot happening for our generation and I just I I had watched things like LA Law before so I was quite into the whole lawyer thing but mm. Ali McBeal was obviously a comic twist on it and I just I just can we swear on your podcast by the way yes yeah. please oh, do I just ahead. fucking loved it basically. <laughs> um I mine is slightly different I I remember it and I remember in my head I was obsessed with it but having rewatched some of it along with you guys um I I have come to realise that I was a dipper so I would have dipped right. in and out I was slightly older when it came out than I remember being I 
<laughs> I I vividly remember having playground conversations, and I'm kind of like, there's no way I was in a playground then because that would have been really <laughs> weird. Mm. Um, Why was I in a but, playground? <laughs> right. Um, so I was I was definitely a dipper. I think actually Amy's mention of LA law just now makes me think that maybe the playground conversations were LA law based. Right. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was definitely a dipper. But you know, I, I'm there with you. I, I've got the Ellie McBill love. Good, yeah. good. Um, we've found it. If you found it, um, having sort of dipped back in and starting to sort of rewatch some of it with a perhaps a, a bit more of an enlightened mindset, have you mm. found? Have you what, what shocked you the most about you know well, what you remember? All, it's all dated quite horrendously, <laughs> hasn't it? I mean, yes. it's very oh, it's transphobic, it's homophobic, yes. a bit racist actually too at times. Yeah. It's, it's quite and very very misogynistic yeah so. totally and also more grown-up view of how office places work yeah yes <laughs> yeah. Yes. there's a lot of like that would never fucking happen. yeah right absolutely Elaine. <laughs> what, on what planet are they doing that in your office yes. yeah yeah and like do they do any work or do they just <laughs> they don't ever do any work they're just yeah. either in the unisex like touching each other up or... Yeah, 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 yeah. There's always as, a scene in the As someone who's just just moved into an office very recently, we moved offices into one with unisex toilets. That doesn't happen. What no. happens when you go into the toilet at the same time as any other person in the building? Is it's all very awkward and you shuffle quickly <laughs> into your cubicle and then hurry out again? Maybe that's just because we're British. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe in America oh, yeah. it's different. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Maybe I just work with incredibly unattractive people. Who knows? Well. <laughs> That's also mm, true. Yeah, John Cage and Richard Fish. Mmm, sexy. Yeah, okay, right. They are the epitome of like what you want in an attractive colleague. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, God. that's good. Um, so, yeah, so much on the same page as us then when yes. it comes to revisiting Ali McBeal, which is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what are we doing today, Eleanor? So, today we are looking at um, season three, episode two, uh, Buried Pleasures. <laughs> Which first aired 1st of November 1999. Oh gosh, what were you guys doing in 1999? November 1999. I I was quite party hard in November 99. I was probably planning my millennium. Yeah. um, Yeah. Which involved, uh, I actually spent midnight at the millennium in the back of a truck being driven from a gig in Liverpool to a hotel. But that's the story. (laughs) Wow. Because we got stuck in traffic. But yeah, so I was quite party hard. I was was really into my bands at that time, which probably also explains why I was only a dipper for Ali McBill, because I'd spent a lot of my time going to gigs and driving around the country seeing bands and stuff, yeah. Yes. What was the gig? Proper bands, not boy bands, proper bands. What gig was it that you were on your way to see on the Millennium then? Um, was it was, we were on our way back from it. So it was stereo, the Stereophonics had headlined oh. at Cream in Liverpool. And oh, we wow. were in wow. the back of their van going to a hotel. And we missed the Midnight Bongs. Oh. There you go. Oh. <laughs> bongs. But was it worth I, it? I, oh yeah, was it worth it? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Just some bongs, mate. Do you know what Who I mean? Who needs <laughs> bongs when you've got Kelly Jones? <laughs> Exactly. Well, I had just turned 21. I spent the Millennium New Year at Street Party in Brighton. They just basically closed down the whole of Brighton and had a big party. So, yeah, that was me. Incredible. That's cool. That's where Eleanor lives now. Yeah, I live in Brighton. Yeah, Yeah, it's a great part of the country. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Um, What would we do? We went to, so we were younger than you guys. So I was um, 15 
and Eleanor would have been 13. 13. And our millennium was, our parents had uh, like a couple who lived across the road from us. Um, they were like best friends, like used to do everything together. Yeah. Um, and they, we would take it in turns to have New Year's Eve parties and yeah. they had a New Year's Eve party. So we all yeah. went over there. And I remember putting on a lot of um body glitter like the, you know the, the <laughs> it was 17, all about the body glitter, glitter yes the 17, Which was, it was from boots it was 17 and it was like this like d- like white almost like talcum powder dust that was like glittery i don't know if oh, you remember it that called angel dust angel dust yeah. something like that yeah. nice like, <laughs> i remember i remember glitter being like um it was like hair gel but just yeah. with glitter in it and oh, you put it on yes. and then in order to get it to get enough glitter you'd have to put on layer after layer after layer oh, yes. so it was basically just like a big clump of plastic on top oh, I, you, you used no. it for eyelids so it was yes. And then it would, as you got hot in the evening, it would just slide down slide your face. Off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I was thinking, but glitter was a thing. So, yeah, well, yeah. we were yeah, the worried the about Y2K taking over and all the computers stopping, weren't we, at that point? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes, that was the I mean, that was yeah. Were people like selling their houses and their possessions and going to live in caves and things because in they case. were so, like, they were so convinced it was like the apocalypse was about to happen. <laughs> Can you believe that? It's been fine. 20 years since then. I know. Mm, crazy. crazy. It doesn't feel... Oh, it, it's, like, weird. It feels like, on the one hand, uh, like, yes, it does feel a long time ago, but on the other hand, it feels like yesterday. Like, yeah. it's crazy. We interrupt this programme for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the 90s. The decade more problematic than it looks. So this is the only thing I found for like around this time. Uh, UK number one. I'll give you the band. We have to guess the song. Westlife. Oh, you guys will know. Of course, it was a boy band. What was it? What was, was it? Swear it again. No, we've had. Was that it one. Um, flying without wings? It was flying without wings. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no. Do we get to sing it as well? Wings. Yes. Yes. I, c- I can't sing it because I only know the. Um, Everybody's looking for, for that song. Well, that's a different thing. one, isn't it? Is, is it? it the same one? That's the same one. That's flying without wings, isn't I it? Just, all I, I can, can remember, remember is they're the all bit, the same. All I can remember is the bit is where he goes and it's like flying without wings. Oh yeah, the like big ad lib at the end. Yeah, mm. yeah. Did R. That R. Kelly? Was, um, did R. Kelly not have a song called Flying Without Wings? No, his was I believe I can, I can fly. fly. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Similar, although Mark from Westlife is not in my good books, as we all know, after his diss of me. But Eleanor oh, so mm. doesn't know about this. You're going to have to explain. Westlife dissed you. Yeah, we went to um, the press night of the new uh, West End musical and Juliet, which was all about the songs of Max Martin. And we met Max Martin and we met Lance Bass and JC Chazay and all these amazing boy band members. And yeah. Mark from Westlife was there and he basically blanked us as he walked past. <gasps> and I was like, How Mark, hi, Mark, rude. Mark, Mark, Mark. <laughs> Mark. He he Mark. had in his defence he had important standing around ignoring people to do. <laughs> I mean, like, he wasn't as rude as Liam Payne was later, but <laughs> oh, still, okay. goodness. You know, okay. So, yeah, so our, our, our love of boy bands extends to a hate list of members yes. of boy bands. <laughs> Quite rightly, because some of them are, I just, I just think they have too high opinion of themselves. Wow. Yeah, it's like, you know, Jesus, remember where you came from. 
you're just in a boy band, mate. Like, really? Yeah. Calm down. It sounds like a <laughs> take that song, never forget where you came here from. from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, who put you there? Exactly. Us, we bought the records. Um, so, yeah, yeah, so number one was a Westlife song. Interesting. Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. We were almost like peak Westlife at this time. Yeah, mm. I remember that being like, I think that's one of the few songs of theirs that I'm actually. Like I quite remember, yeah, yeah. 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 So were you Westlife fans or not? No, you can't see this, guys. But both of the girls are shaking their heads. (laughs) I just felt like so. I was fifteen, so I was getting to that stage where I was like, uh, boy bands uh, aren't cool anymore, so I need to try and fit in. Um, We uh, we all have a phase. Yeah, like I was really into like E17 when I was a lot younger um, and I loved Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. But like, I don't know, there was something about the Irish contingent, the boy zones and the Westlife that I was like, they just do ballads and that's not my yeah. jam. Mm. Like, I'm <laughs> not into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Backstreet Boys. Louis, all Louis Walsh's fault. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much to answer for. But um, but every song just sounded the same, and there was no dance routine, and I just couldn't be doing with it. It wasn't into my life. There so, was lots of sitting down and getting up off stools, yes. basically. <laughs> um, mm. Amy and I on Thursday. <laughs> is it Thursday, Amy? For Galentine's Day. All right. Oh, yeah. We are going to see Boys Life in Guildford, which is one of Boys Own and one of West Life, and I can yes, never remember I've which one. Uh, <laughs> it's it's Keith Duffy and uh, Brian McFadden. Oh, yeah, like the worst ones. We're yes, in that's the, right, LJ. Shush. <laughs> we're in the front row. Brian was the worst because he had these horrible curtains that yeah. were just like curtains <laughs> on steroids. They were really oh. bad. I hated yeah, bad. them. Ugh. So we're, we're in the front row and I was quite distressed the other day to see a video from one of the shows they've already done on this tour that everyone stands up and dances and I'm kind of oh, like... Oh, hell. <laughs> this is going to be really awkward. But to oh what? Goodness. Anyway, like... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Moving back to Ali McBill. Sorry. Back to... So, what was number one in the US? Is their number one in the US is the same as last week, which was Smooth ah, and Santana. Santana featuring Smooth. Rob Thomas. Which I loved. I loved that song. I was obsessed. Yeah. Um, and then the only thing I've really got is on November the 6th, uh, Australians defeat a referendum proposing the replacement of the Queen and the Governor General with a president to make Australia a republic. So they That's right. had a referendum. On they that. had a referendum and decided yeah. to stay with the Queen. <laughs> they even um, had it featured in like Home and Away. I seem to remember Ray. Oh, really? Was it Ray? Alf. 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 Yes. Was like, um, oh yeah, you know, we're staying part of the Commonwealth. And I was like, oh, this has even hit Home and Away. It's astonishing. <laughs> home and Away getting Stop. political. <laughs> See, I yeah. have never really watched Home and Away. I'm like aware of it culturally, but yeah. uh, I was always a neighbours person, and I still watch neighbours now so um i don't remember neighbours talking about it though mm. you're the one person still watching neighbours i'm impressed <laughs> not just one of us but yes <laughs> it's um it's actually really good it said 35th anniversary wow this year. it's actually really good <laughs> it's really good but anyway we're not here to talk about that but that's all i've got for cultural stuff okay yeah. So not a lot going not on in november no. everyone was just focused on prepping for the millennium yeah that sounds of things. i think so Okay, so let's go into Ali McBeal. That's yes. what we're here for. Um, so this episode kicks off with Vonda singing a song, a Bruce Springsteen song called Fire. <laughs> but that was um, quite, uh, it was made quite popular by the Pointer Sisters, I've discovered in my res- research. So um, uh, that's that's where a lot of people will recognise the song from. But Ali is basically daydreaming in the weekly meeting that they have. No, never. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, exactly. She doesn't do a lot of work, does she? So why does she need to pay attention to what's happening? Um, Richard snaps her out of that. And then Billy shares what the case of the week is, um, which is um, a lady called Alice Gaylor is their client. And she is being sued for sexual harassment for being too sexy. Um, to which I'm like, <laughs> isn't this the exact premise of the sexual harassment case against the male woman in season one? Yes. I'm like, why are we doing this again? I don't know. <laughs> That's some uh, extensive you... writing and ideas coming out of uh, the Ali McBeal camp. Yeah, so Ali McBeal, I don't know how much you know about the, the behind the scenes, but basically it's written by David E. Kelly no mm. one else like he's the only one like he has a co-writer oh. on like every so often two three yeah. four like a few episodes across the entire series but um he basically it's did it him. solo handed yeah. um so is he no married to room. michelle pfeiffer michelle pfeiffer yes yeah exactly yeah. Um, and that okay. is part of the reason why we think, uh, or there's rumours, I don't know if it was ever confirmed, but why Callista was cast, because she looks a lot like her. So. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, I think David E. Kelly has a list of like sexual harassment like premises for a case, and he just has a Rolodex, and he just sort of spins the wheel and goes, well, this one this week, that's what we're doing, even if I've done it before. Yeah, it doesn't matter, we'll do it again. Um, yes, so whilst Billy is blabbering on about that ridiculousness, um, Ling is looking at Ali really strangely, and Ali starts to notice, um, but meanwhile, everyone's continuing to talk about the case, like, that's a stupid case, like, why isn't it being thrown out, apart from Richard, who wants to meet the woman in question, because Because... she's sexy, um, (laughs) clearly. (laughs) And Billy is like, guys, this is sexual harassment law. Don't expect it to make sense. Um, at which I wish there was a gift moment that came in and like basically punched David E. Kelly on the nose <laughs> because, mm. you know, sexual harassment law is an important thing to protect people yes. from bad things happening. So let's I've not got a lot it. of thoughts about Billy in this episode. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, you know what's coming, so... Yes, please share them as and when there we get to it. But yes, I think we've all got a lot of thoughts about yes. Philly. Uh, Philly? Billy. Philly. Um, so Annie is um, furrowing her brow as to why Ling keeps staring at her so intently at her. Um, whilst Billy goes on this kind of... He's almost like aping what Richard would say in this type of situation. Yeah, it's is. like he's almost trying to impress Richard because he's going on about how... The law protects women who feel the slightest hint of being threatened by something sexual, which is good because women are weak and less than, so they need protection. I mean, how strongly am I allowed to swear in this podcast? <laughs> Very strongly. As strongly as you'd like. We've because we wholeheartedly <laughs> encourage. I mean, this is not like. going to be my objection moment because unfortunately no. he gets worse as we go on. But <laughs> I see you next Tuesday, honestly. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, even Richard is a bit like, you okay, hon? <laughs> and Billy's like, I'm fine. We should all just respect the law, okay? Um, and Nell pipes up pointing out that they um, have a conflict of interest because that both of the defendants in the case, the woman is suing not just the um, uh, the woman who's too sexy, but also the company that employs her. Um, and they are apparently representing both defendants. Um, and Billy says, but that's okay because he's going to get Renee to co-counsel um, to represent Alice and Billy's going to take the employer. 
Mm. Um, but I'm not really paying attention to any of that because Ali and Ling are still having these having looks. these weird <laughs> looks. Um, and what? Like I don't really understand. <laughs> yeah, but Ling's like seductively. She's like holding her cup of coffee and like running her finger around the rim, and it's like. She's only thinking about one thing. And has Ali still got her finger in her mouth at this point? Yeah. Like, they're what I would call... um, Suggestive. No, no, no. I use this term... I don't think I invented it, but I use it for when people are suggestively looking at each other, I call it eye-fucking. And I would use that to describe this scene because they're, like, looking at each other like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. Okay. And I kind of... I remembered, before coming into this episode, I did remember that they had this storyline in one of the episodes, so I kind of knew it was coming. But even now, I'm... uh, But watching it, it's like... Well, this has come out of nowhere. Like, yeah. what? Yeah, yeah especially exactly. since last season, there was this whole thing about how Ling tricked Ali into saying that she might be a lesbian. Yeah. And yeah. then it was all, oh, that's so, so disgusting and all this yes. stuff. Yeah. yeah, so for this to now come out Happened. of nowhere, it's weird. It's really weird. But we don't have to wait long to find out what Ali and Ling's weird thing was all about because um, Ling follows Ali into her office and Ali demands to know what was going on in there and Ling comes straight out. Uh, with asking her whether she's ever kissed a woman. And Ali is unsurprisingly thinking that this is another trick like last season that you've just mentioned. But it Mm. appears that Ling is serious this time and Ali says that she hasn't. And then Ling hypothetically asks her, um, as she is the office maven of dreams, um, what it might mean (laughs) if a woman dreams about kissing another woman. Um, And gosh... (laughs) (laughs) Are people getting twisted up in lots about something here? <laughs> but Ali, to her credit, is like, um, well, I, I think it's normal. And I'm like, yes, Ali, it's very normal. Um, but then she says, can we just not talk about it? And Ling's like, um, is it because we're not friends that you don't want to talk about it? And Ali's like, uh, yeah. And so Ling says she wants to work on that and invites Ali to dinner, like a date almost. And yeah. Ali seems really suspicious. But she agrees to but it. But she agrees. And and then we're in titles. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I just wanted to um, have a brief diversion. Um, <laughs> because just off the back of um, what Billy and Richard were saying, like, what, just... I'm not explaining myself very well. Okay, so whenever Billy or Richard say something fucking stupid, like Billy was in yes. that meeting... A lot. Um, ...about women and sexual harassment, I'm always... Like it's gotten to the point where it happens so often. I'm always, I'm always kind of feeling like, oh, like why does David E. Kelly have such a hard on for sexual harassment cases? Right. And um, but I recently like I got into this amazing podcast called um, You're Wrong About, which oh, is I've heard about this. I love it. It's two journalists that basically like take an event or a person and they will go through like the common misconceptions most people have about them. Right. Um, and I recently um, listened to their episode about Anita Hill and it was like eye opening. Who's okay. Anita Hill? So Anita Hill is a really famous sexual harassment case that happened in the early 90s. That's why. Yes. About, right. So um, basically, um, so I got, so what I'm about to give you, which is like a brief uh American law history lesson is all from um, (laughs) this episode on Anita Hill. Uh, They also do another one on the obesity epidemic, which I wish I could sit everyone I know down and force them to listen to it. Oh my God, Um, I want to listen to this too. 
Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, to the history lesson, okay? Yes. So, before 1981, sexual harassment was not really illegal, as it wasn't seen as a form of discrimination. In 1981, we have the first um, sexual harassment case tried Uh under the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Um, The quid pro quo sexual harassment doesn't become illegal until 1981. Mm -hmm. And in 1986, you get the hostile work environment standard. Right. All the cases tried in the 80s, because they are tried under the Civil Rights Act, um, because it's the only law they can really fit it under, they don't get jury trials. It's all decided by a judge. And at this time, there's no such thing as like punitive damages for victims of sexual harassment. Okay. So there are cases in this time where it's decided by a judge, by some miracle, the, the judge has decided that the woman was sexually harassed, but, then what but she gets nothing for it. Like she does the person who gets decided, like, yes, you have been sexually... Like, what happens to them? Do they get... No, nothing, nothing happens. Oh. So there's a five-year campaign by feminists in the 80s to actually have laws that are fit for purpose. Right. And in 1990, there's this update to the Civil Rights Act that entitles victims of sexual harassment to punitive damages and jury trials but it goes to George H.W. Bush to like sign it off but he vetoes it so it doesn't get passed and no one really notices it because at the time it's not a hot topic no one's talking about this so it kind of flies under the radar but then in 1991 is the Anita Hill hearing and suddenly sexual harassment is like the conversation in America. It's a little bit like the prototype Me Too sort of right. moment. okay. And it's, um, so a month after the Anita Hill hearing, this law that initially Bush vetoed gets quickly passed. So you suddenly get this huge uptick in sexual harassment cases occurring. Before Anita Hill, there were about 7,000 cases of sexual harassment going through a year. Uh And after Anita Hill, it goes up to about 18,000. Wow. Because finally America has had this like national conversation that sexual harassment is a thing that exists and those who do it shouldn't get away with it. But more importantly, there are suddenly laws that are fit for purpose to actually take it forward. Yeah. Yeah. So now I can't help but look back at David E. Kelly's life. Mm. And we know he practiced as a lawyer before he became a TV writer. Yeah. He graduated from Princeton in 79 and then went to law school where he's a practicing lawyer in the 80s up until around 86, which is when he first got his big TV TV writing gig on LA Law. Yeah. So now it doesn't surprise me, although we have mentioned like the Monica Lewinsky stuff was a big hot topic. Yeah. Like it now doesn't surprise me that sexual harassment law is so fascinating to him. Yeah. Because... Like, he only starts writing Ally McBeal, like, five, six years after all of this has occurred. So not only are these laws still very new and everyone's getting used to them, but they didn't even fucking exist when he was a practising lawyer. So he's, like, fascinating. Yeah, I think... And and it's just... It's just one of those things where I'm just, like... It just... I listened to this episode and it was, like, a light bulb going off. I was, like, oh... This explains everything. This explains why he is so fucking obsessed with this stuff because... It literally didn't exist as a thing when he was being taught law, when he practiced yeah, law. Yeah, yeah. He's come away from it and suddenly this is a thing that, yeah. that people are going on about. Yeah. And so I 
it now just kind of made sense. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It is. And also, do you you think that David E. Kelly, like the manifestation of David E. Kelly is basically Richard Fish? And... I I, I definitely (laughs) think Richard Fish is like a big side of him. Yeah. He's obsessed with the sexual harassment laws because... He doesn't really understand what it is. And maybe all this stuff yes. that Billy's saying is like how he felt before the laws came out or something. Like, something. Oh, women are weak. They need to be protected. Yeah. Yeah. I do think there's something to be said. Or, or at least that was a viewpoint that he's interested in exploring because it comes, mm. it's just such a theme. Yeah, it and is. And so woven into this entire show. Completely. Yeah. I mean, the sad epilogue to all this is that from about 2001... There's fewer and fewer cases of sexual harassment every year, and now we are back to 7,000 a year going through. Why is that, do you think? Well, a few reasons might be because the rise in arbitration clauses and employment contracts, which mean that if you want to take your boss to court for sexual harassment, you can't basically in your employment contract they sign away you you have to go through the company system and procedure um in order to just you know they decide whether you can sexually harass and by signing that clause you you sign away your right to take them to an actual court of law um and also way more cases settle out of court with about two percent, right. and they don't get counted in the stats. Yeah, obviously. only two percent go yeah. to trial now, and most settlements are done with non-disclosures agreement, uh, non-disclosure agreements. Right. So women can't talk about it, and men get to continue doing is... what they want, which is basically the perfect environment to cultivate a wine scene. There to be some element of men now realise they can't do it, so it's happening less. Do we? <sighs> Possibly no. I don't know. Said it out loud. Sarah, I suspect not. (laughs) But like you're right. It's those uh, that kind of set of circumstances that evolved as a response to those laws coming in means that that's how you get Weinstein and people like him able to do what they were doing for so long without anyone. Yeah, it's like literally the law evolved to help continue the status quo, basically interesting this is all really fascinating like, like maybe we should just have like an actual law podcast <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got time to get into it all right now, well, it was yeah. just it was just something that i was listening to the like i say this is an amazing podcast and i was listening to it mm. and i was just like oh my god in the context of all of that i understand why david e kelly yeah has Suddenly it's, mm. it's psychology like it. that's yeah. his on his what radar what's that podcast so called again it's called you're wrong about yeah um and it's yeah by two journalists oh so yeah well researched Uh, absolutely really good they've done amateur hour podcasts (laughs) they've done they've done like episodes on like um uh, they're doing like a long series on like oj simpson oh great um they're also doing a long series on the dc snipers that i hadn't heard about um also, they've done episodes on, like, Anna Nicole Smith. Oh, great. And Former Mon- cameo. Monica Lewinsky. In, uh, like, yeah, um, loads of things. Oh, it? It's great. really interesting. It's really good. I'll check that out. Thanks mm. for that, Eleanor. You're welcome. Yeah, thank okay. you. <laughs> 
So back to Annie McBeal then, uh, now that we understand the psychology of David E. Kelly. <laughs> is, um, so a- Annie's gone straight to Renee's new office, because Renee set herself up, uh, as we learned last episode, uh, as a, a, a practising... She's got her own practice, which is very exciting. Um, Annie's gone straight there to tell her all about this thing with Ling um, and to get her take on it. Um, and uh, Ali's take on it is that she must just be irresistible to gay women, and that's why Ling was sitting on her. <laughs> sure. <laughs> And Renee is like, yeah, but Ling isn't gay. And Ali says, well, she might be bisexual, which I actually thought was quite an enlightened comment, given the invisibility of bisexuality and the attitude of it not really being a thing back then. So I thought that was quite uh, an enlightened thing to say and not what I expected of Ali. Ali seems to be the most kind of progressive character, I think, of the entire... I don't know. She she's the one who gets the the lines the most, or has the empathy for the you know transgender sex worker and stuff yes, like that. Yes, you know, yes. she's always the one who who seems to be a bit more yes enlightened. She does and she doesn't. Like sometimes she'll say something and you'll be like, "Yes, Ali, well done," but then she'll go and like contradict it with something else. Something else. <laughs> I think she does ultimately try yes but i think also you know people are largely products of their time yeah i think often she's a victim of that yes there's a lot of it uh, you know a lot of the stuff that happens with her is it's usually because you know she was a woman in the 90s yeah what she's just doing the best she can um (laughs) but yes um so ali sort of moves that she might be kind of bisexual um but now ali's in crisis mode about this whole sort of meet up with ling being a date um and she said yes because she thought it was a friend thing but she then goes but that's how gay women trap you oh my god (laughs) this is so wild like what is she afraid of yes gay women are well known for or, you know, luring straight <laughs> yeah, women predators. into traps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just so crazy. Um, and she says, say what you want about men, but at least they're obvious. And I was like, I'm pretty sure if a gay woman wants to, you to know that she's hitting on you, it will become obvious. obvious like, yes. they're not trying to hide anything or like manipulate you, like yeah. trick you into yeah. becoming gay. Um, well, anyway, but Renee says, well, if it gets to that, you just say, you know, good for you, but not for me. And then you walk away. Um, but, um, you know. I love she goes, what's with all the panic? Yeah, the gay like, panic. Literal yeah. gay panic. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah, I was like, quite. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then Ali kind of confides in Renee after she kind of first checks that Whipper's not there listening. Um, she sort of says she's normally grossed out by kissing another woman and that's how she normally thinks of it but sometimes she isn't with certain women um and I was like honey isn't that the same with men with anything like, yeah it's just like <laughs> you don't want to kiss every man like <laughs> so true I was like maybe you're bisexual <laughs> like and isn't that okay but anyway um she says you know the idea of kissing them isn't repulsive <laughs> And Renee's like, is that it? And Ali's like, but that shouldn't that bother me? And Renee's like, look, relax, you're a perfectly normal dyke. <laughs> Which I was mm. like, you know, I'm not really here for the pejorative use of that word. Um, but, no. you know, I guess it was the 90s, so Renee thought she was being funny. <laughs> Uh, but then Ali says, you know, seriously, why am I so worried about it? And what am I going to wear? Yeah. <laughs> and Renee says, look, you know, you, you, you just don't know. You're worried because you don't know what's going to happen when opportunity and curiosity collide and what itty bitty urges you might get. 
Um, and that's that. And uh, and uh, and then Renee's like, you know, I'm off to court now. How do I look? <laughs> and Ali says, you look like you're going to go and sing karaoke, which I'm not sure what that look is. <laughs> I don't. I, I've never <laughs> seen an outfit and been like, karaoke outfit. I know, it's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> but Renee doesn't look displeased about it. No, she, she looks pleased. That's fine. <laughs> Doesn't Renee have some great advice though? Like yeah. she really does have some good advice for Al. Or maybe it's just because Ali is so wildly wacky that Renee's kind of her leveler. I'm not sure, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think agree. Renee is very often the voice of reason. reason mm. Absolutely, yeah. Or tries to be. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so Ali's getting gay panic. Is all <laughs> yeah, that's literally scene summary. Yes. Ali's gay panicked. Um, so, okay, so now let's get into this clusterfuck of a case or case to fuck as I'd like to call it <laughs> of the week so Alice's colleague um Phyllis Butters um and I was like is she any relation to Grey yeah, I didn't think that yeah um but she's on the stand testifying that the men in the office call her the yummy one because of the way she dresses which is to flaunt sex um and apparently she's really into innuendo um and it's all just too damn sexy for this woman <laughs> Who complained to the boss. Um, and the bosses were like, sorry, um, like her personality is innuendo, so <laughs> we can't do anything about that. <laughs> and then Billy crosses Phyllis and says, like, he's like, what even is innuendo, eh? Like, that's the gist of it. Like, did she even innuendo at you? Like, what is, what is it to you? Um, and then eventually Phyllis managed to get a word in edgeways and, and she's uh, like, no, but she keeps asking single women if they want to get fixed up with the fun guys that she knows constantly. She's always asking this. It's like the most annoying person in any office is the one yes. that's kind of like, I know a guy, be perfect for you. You're kind of like, I'm fucking happy. Like, I'm, I'm not looking for a guy. Just can you stop harassing me to try and you know screw your mates seriously <laughs> like leave me alone I'm just trying to work stop trying to pick me out to your yes. friends I'm just here making a cup of tea mate right oh yeah and she's the one person in Ali McBeal who's trying to actually do some work <laughs> <laughs> poor Phyllis um, but yes um, but, uh, Renee then questions her on the problems with um, Alice's dress sense as Phyllis sees it and Phyllis says she's um, not really happy because um, Alice accentuates too much of her sexy bits um, and she also points out that she she doesn't mind cleavage um, but you know that's too much like whatever it is that Alice is putting out there is too much and Renee geniusly is like but am I dressed too sexy and Phyllis is like well a little bit and Renee's like so am I guilty of flaunting sex and Phyllis says well if you if you kept you know if it was paired with talking about your libido and how much you're gagging for it then yes that would be too much and Renee says well what if I said to you girlfriend it's been so long since I've had it I don't even remember how it goes and Phyllis says well, I'm down in bed, I believe you. <laughs> but Phyllis, the shade. I know. <laughs> it was so bad, but it made me laugh so much. Oh my Perfect. God, it was so good. Yeah, so well done, Phyllis. <laughs> Back at Cajun Fish, 
Richard um, stumbles across Ling, who is sat in the kind of library section of the office, looking really glum, and he asks her what's up. Um, and she asks if he's ever thought about kissing a man. And then he does one of the best spit takes with his tea that I might have ever seen. Like, he just really sprays it in this perfectly fine mist out to the air. It was really funny. Um, but what is not funny is how disgusted he is about the mere idea of this. Um, he makes a really bad joke about not being able to look at the foam on his cappuccino. Yeah. Um, and his whole reaction is just completely And he gross. starts spooning out the foam. Yeah, yeah. Because he can't look at it now. It's just, I so don't find any of calm that. Calm down, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Ling thinks that there's something wrong with her because she dreamt of two women kissing. And Richard says, oh, that's fine because you know it was the 90s and, and lesbians only exist for male pleasure so. that's right yes you know. well done i was gonna say the same yes well done <laughs> what even is the point if they're not for male pleasure you yeah know? exactly um, so um this conversation then leads to one of the worst speeches i've ever heard from richard about why it's okay for two women to kiss but not two men well uh, in strict anthropological terms uh, mankind is all about the propagation of the species without procreation uh, mankind would become extinct to facilitate procreation, the male species must become aroused. Watching two women take their tongues to each other arouses the male species, which fosters the urge to procreate and accordingly ensures the survival uh, of the human race. To the contrary, watching two butt pirates go at it could uh, make a man go limp for a week. The species becomes threatened. Oh, fuck off, Richard. <laughs> um, and even Ling, who is apparently an out and proud homophobe... <laughs> Thinks it was disgusting. Even Ling, who's like, you know, I, I look, I'm pretty homophobic, but that was gross. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but then she's like, I'm really scared, Richard. I don't want to end up with a woman. And he's like, Oh, don't worry, I'll be there for you, touching myself. And then she kind of hits him and is like, Seriously? And he's like, It's fine. You can't turn gay. And she's like, Yo, but some people do realise later in life. And he's like, No, that's confused people. I've had sex with you and you're not confused and I'm like sure pal yeah <laughs> but then she gets annoyed <laughs> oh with him God. for not taking her seriously and walks off she's definitely confused because she's dating this repulsive man right yes yeah that's oh. why that's why she's dreaming about kissing Ali because she wants a world where somebody <laughs> yeah. actually appreciates you know her for being a human being and not just a piece of pussy oh yes. I'm sorry I didn't mean to say that <laughs> no, I love it love it leaving it in <laughs> Great. I've okay. just got a note that says the heteros are upsetteros. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I mean, Christ. Um, that was a really upsetting speech from Richard, though. I didn't like any of his language. And no. Uh, I mean, it was quite shocking to me, actually, the how... The use of, like, butt pirate. I know. Oh, it was really oh. shocking to remember that that was just how people talked about gay people That was then. just funny yeah could you imagine if that went out today in a tv show it's crazy yeah you're right they wouldn't have that in there no anything at all amazing what was acceptable well especially they wouldn't have that come out the mouth of a character you're supposed to kind of like no it would be a character that you're supposed to be like oh god it's it's funny because i've had a conversation recently with things that have been in the press and i won't obviously dwell on that because it will it will date this episode but (laughs) 
people say, oh, I don't understand why we need to make such a big song and dance about people coming out and right. the representation of gay people on TV. And I'm like, are you joking? Like, you yeah. really have to look back 20 years to Ali McBeal to see how far we've come in that time. Because yes. this all this language Richard was using was completely acceptable and yeah. amusing to yes. the audience. Yes. And, yes. Used, and used on the front. It was still a, a time where... Um, it was used on the front page of papers. Right, yeah, you know, exactly. The, the, it's less than, you know, it was 2000 when they um, rejected the repeal of Clause 28. Yes, um, you're absolutely so right. So it's still a time when, you know, homosexuality is seen as something that you're not openly, you know, out and proud about. So Yeah, um, yeah, it was something to mock or, you know, other. It's not good. Or be repulsed by. Yes. Yeah. So all that is happening, which is not nice to Ugh, watch. But, horrible. um... Ling then goes to see Nell to tell her that she thinks she's going gay because she's had this dream. Um, and Nell is all like... Can I just say, Ling's like, for something that she's not sure about and she should probably be a bit more circumspect about, she's told an awful lot of people at this point <laughs> and it's, we're only halfway through the fucking working day. Yeah. Not that they're working, but like... No. And... Th- and this is part of the problem with Cage and Fish is that they all keep fucking off out of the office to go and chat about their, you know, homosexuality <laughs> with their mates. <laughs> Ali's left already. Like, Ling's now off. Absolutely. And I do feel like they'd have less panic about it if they did less talking about it and more working. Yeah. <laughs> it's only Elaine propping up that office, basically, yeah, isn't yeah. it? She's the only one who's constant, consistently in there. Yeah, nobody else is answering a phone if it rings. So yeah. like... <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, but anyway, Nell is quite um, like blasé about it. She's like, yeah, and do you think you're the first heterosexual person to do that? You know, um, and I was like, come on, guys, like stop labelling yourselves as heterosexual. You're clearly bi-curious, if nothing else. <laughs> but again, it comes back to that very kind of like f- that 90s frame of mind of you're either straight or you're gay. Very binary. Like there's no yeah. in between. I wonder like... how Portia de Rossi felt playing yes. this role. Yes, yeah. we've talked mm. about that. That, haven't yeah, we? Like yeah. it must have been weird because she obviously wasn't out at all. No, um, and wasn't. I don't know how many people knew in the industry about what was uh, what her sexuality was or how private she was about it. But I, I, I get the sense I she was quite she private. Very private. Mm. Yeah. Um, she was starting to look really thin as well in this mm, season, and yes. she's talked a lot about that since about her anorexia and everything else that she went she through, or was it bulimia? I can't remember everything she went through while on the show. But that's a whole wow. other area of problematicness. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I don't think we've talked about that before about no. how um from what she said after the show like it's not um it clearly wasn't a happy time for her personally or mm. for like Courtney Thorne or Courtney Smith. Thorne Smith also had yeah. issues as well yeah like with um eating and body yeah. image, image and all that kind mm. of thing difficult Ugh. but yeah all I these imagine... a- amazingly attractive women and all these really really mediocre Average men men yeah <laughs> wild isn't it like insane. absolutely insane <laughs> like mm. how how the men from that show like it sounds like they walked away completely unscathed like la 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 and all these women have walked away with like that was the worst time in my life i had an eating disorder like yeah. it's just like oh my well, god um, lisa nicole carson she had a breakdown as well, didn't she? yeah 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 very just... and they just were like well you can't be on the show anymore yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah they killed what her off in er she was doing both shows at the same time yes and they was. just killed off her character Carla in ER they were like yes they did right. yeah how sad 
But yeah, um, who knows what Portia de Rossi felt about this character being sort of closeted and having to play this. But yeah, yeah. it can't have been easy, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. No. Um, but yeah, so Nell says that she's had stranger fantasies. <laughs> yeah. And Ling asks her to kind of pushes her to share. And eventually, after a lot of coaxing, Nell leans in and she reveals that she has fantasies about getting spanked. Um, and Ling is like, what? Like, absolutely <laughs> disgusted. And Nell says that, well, she would never do it, but she read this book Never called... do it. Don't worry. Don't panic. <laughs> don't, don't I'd panic. never go as far as to actually get spanked. No spanic don't panic. Spanic, yeah. <laughs> she said she'd never do it, but she read a book once called Spank the Maid. <laughs> And now she's kind of horny for a little spanky spank. I wonder if that was written so... by David E. Kelly. I, I got the impression that she'd read Spank the Way, and I don't know if it's just because she talked about I, when I went and picked the book. Got the impression she read it when she was incredibly young, and I was kind of like, oh, Ooh, like yeah, it was like a teenage. It's like when we all read um, Judy Bloom. Uh, Ju- Judy Bloom. Judy Bloom. Yes, of course. Like yeah. in your formative years. Yeah, and it yes. just kind of stayed with her. But yes. Um, Ling is I think Ling's horrified because she hasn't quite got a head around the concept that you can be um, you know an incredibly confident independent like person, person but fantasise about being submissive because yeah. um, she's like you're not submissive this goes against everything you stand for <laughs> and Nell um, has all the research because she's like actually in spanking circles <laughs> the bottom controls um, and Ling asks if there's a newsletter which I thought <laughs> <laughs> um, but Nell is very, very, you know, she's very clear. She reiterates that she'd never do it, but, you know, it is a fantasy to have a man spank her, spank her on her white little bottom until it turns pink. <laughs> and that is the point at which John has overheard that part from outside her door. Yeah. I love how, like, scandalised he looks because it's, like, <laughs> the most tame fantasy ever. <laughs> and he's like... <gasps> I also love how they're talking about openly talking to each other about their kinks with the door open. Like, yeah. Seriously, girls, shut the fucking door. And why they, it work too, you know. Yeah, if work. you're going to come into the office to discuss the fact you think you might be gay because you, you've dreamt about kissing a woman, shut the door. Like, yeah. I don't want people to come in, just the handle. Like, it's, it's easy. I don't think they understand the concept of doors no. in Annie McBeal in Cajun Fish, no. Um, so back in the court case, Billy's questioning the boss who is like, well, duh, she's sexy, so of course the men are going to talk about her. So, <laughs> so what he says is, she's a sexy woman, Mr. Thomas. Men talk about sexy women. And this oh. is my... There you go. Because I'm like, oh, they could, you know, not talk about sexy women in the workplace. Like, maybe, maybe do I, their job. Except I've I've actually been in this situation. Were you where the sexy woman? I, no, <laughs> no, I, no. I was the woman that had to listen to the two men talk about you whether or not, yeah, whether or not they would fuck another woman in the oh, office. No, and and it was just it's so fucking horrible. It's super unpleasant oh, to be around. And, like, if you absolutely have to talk that way about your female colleague, how about you go down the pub and do it? Like, Or don't do just, it. Just, yeah. yeah I'm just, but if you absolutely have to, don't do it in the workplace. No. Like, go somewhere else. Yeah. Like, I know that most men have probably it. had that conversation about all of us. 
Yeah, probably. That's upsetting. And this is the, the security of being a man in the working place, isn't it? That you yeah. can have that conversation in front of another woman yeah. without any fear of, actually, that's a witness. If this person that we're talking yeah. about complains, there's a witness right there that's heard it. They have yeah. that overconfidence that actually that doesn't matter. It's just another They're woman. untouchable. Her presence yeah. doesn't really matter like, in she this scenario. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, it's horrible. Good objecting, Eleanor. God, men are dicks. God, they are, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's like, you know, of course men are going to talk about her. How am I supposed to stop that? A memo that says no sex on the brain. Um, and oh Billy God. is all, oh, Billy is all like smirky and buddy with this guy, which I'm like, <sighs> Um, but he says, well, maybe you could tell her, like, not to wear those clothes. And he's like, but she'll sue me. Like, I can't win. Like, if I do one thing, I'll be sued by her. Another thing, I'm sued by everyone else. Um, so then there's another colleague on the stand being questioned by the opposing counsel uh, on the side of the, the, well, the other side, the prosecuting side. And um, this kind of foreshadows Rihanna's uh, classic hit S&M by saying, there is sex in the air. <laughs> Mm. (laughs) Um, so uh, you know she says um, the men are all like oh yeah that's a sexy lady and she really loves it apparently because she's always like leaning over their desks showing them her sexy lady boobs Um, and she says it basically (laughs) feels like being at a singles bar with horny antenna on the alert alert, and it's all really hedonistic Um, and it's her it's Alice that's generating this energy this big Hedon energy on the <laughs> Shame! 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 Exactly. I love how women get blamed out, for fucking out everything. There, out there having boobs, how dare she? Yeah. <laughs> we haven't mentioned this yet because it shouldn't be relevant, but when you look at Alice, and I know that she will be trying to dress more conservatively to come across better But even in terms so, of the like, case. later on in the case. But yeah, she's that... wearing a V-neck top yeah. that does show some cleavage, but not like crazy cleavage and no. like, even if she was it shouldn't matter no. but it's like it's stupid it's, it's this whole thing is ridiculous yeah Ugh. but yeah anyway Renee um kind of cross uh cross examines this colleague um and says well why can't she dress to look her best and the colleague says look I don't know where it is but I know that there is a line um and men um are not allowed to contribute to a sexually charged workplace so women shouldn't be allowed to either and I'm just kind of like, you know, God damn, these men and women always feeling so sexy, the hooligans, you know. <laughs> Crazy. Um, so then Billy is coming out of the courtroom with Alice and he's advising her that because she's testifying tomorrow, she can't come off as any kind of sexual predator. Okay. And she's like, okay, what? I'm not, <laughs> but never mind. Um, and then Billy says everything is going great. And Renee's like, you know, see you tomorrow. And then... Billy takes Renee aside and says, you know, can you tell Alice to tone down her dress a little? And also, I think you could tone it down a little yourself because this right. is a courtroom. This is my... Objection! Yeah! Tell us because, about it. Well, <laughs> I think we all know, like, who the fuck does Billy think he is? Right. Like, first of all, he goes in on the client saying she's dressed too sexy and she should tone it down. Renee argues back, if she tones it down, she's going to look like she's doing it on purpose to yes. win. You know, she's going to Weinstein it in there with his walker or um, <laughs> the, the Golden State Killer in his wheelchair. You know, it's yeah. just so obvious. And then he goes in on Renee and tells her that she looks like a fucking stripper or whatever it is he says. Yes. And I just think... 
Billy, right, I I get the impression that this, and I, I don't, I can't remember what happens in episodes immediately after this, mm-hmm. but, and so this is a bit of a spoiler for anyone. I mean, this is a rewatch podcast, <laughs> but I suspect this is the starting of his brain tumour. Right. And yeah. all of that issue. Because yeah. I, we've not seen this side of Billy really before. He's always been kind of the supportive, passive husband kind of thing, other than the whole, you know, cheating on his wife and all that stuff. But, like, this is the first time he's really challenged women and showed a real show... Does Renee shout pig at him? It's later in the episode. It's later. It? Yeah. It's later. He's being a chauvinist, basically. Yeah. And he doesn't have the right to tell Renee how to argue her case or no, how to dress how for to dress. court. Exactly. Like, I can't believe that in season three, we still have to ask the question, where the hell does this guy get off? Because <laughs> I, I know you say that they he is sort of usually, like, portrayed as the more kind of supportive sort of uh, sensitive male. Um, mm. But uh, we've actually questioned whether that is the case because there have been a few moments up to now where he has really blown up over mm. nothing. Yeah. And the one that's springing to mind at the moment is the one last season when they uh, Ali and Renee had their dinner party and he yes. just suddenly made this big speech at the dinner party about... about- Sally wearing something. mini skirts. Yeah, but that was yeah. when she got um, in contempt of court for wearing mini skirts. And oh, he was, yeah, that was he a was brilliant really episode. He was angry about that. Mm. And, and so, then Georgia getting like se- wearing sexy, sexy clothes. clothes. But also in season one, one. when yeah. she went to like, like she was wearing a crop top and he was like, where the fuck are you going like oh, that? Oh, yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> maybe it's just like next to Richard Fish. He yeah, seems. He, he, mm. comparatively. But I yeah. think he's, he's a stealth asshole basically which is the worst kind is the worst kind you're right he he portrays himself as the nice guy, as the sensitive guy, right. when he absolutely isn't. Actually, oh, he's when you, the type you... of guy that I meet on fucking Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I'm a really nice guy. Oh yeah, no, actually, I'm I'm a I'm a cunt like yeah, everyone else. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I and also, can we just step back a second because he's like, don't get me wrong, you're beautiful. This look is great on cable, but in a courtroom, can you think about it? And like, let's step back. She's wearing. A suit. A fucking suit. <laughs> like, Jesus. And like, Alice is I'm a wearing... girl with big boobs, right? So I yeah. understand the big boob issue. And it is hard to wear a suit or a shirt or anything that doesn't gape or mm. accentuate your breasts, your fabulous breasts. <laughs> but she is showing a tiny slip of cleavage. That's it. It's yeah. not... It's it, not what it's I would so call gratuitive or yeah. provocative in the slightest, unless you're a man that thinks that it's okay to just talk about women as sexual objects all day. That's the problem. They think that it's okay to do that. I um, think if it, the fact that he finds it provocative says so much more about him, him exactly. than it does about her. <laughs> I just, you know, I am Renee's exhausted eye roll at the end of this scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's just stupid. <laughs> So, and I fully support your objection. Yeah, no, terrible, terrible man. So, Ali comes back to the office. Aren't you supposed to say objection sustained? Uh, Well, I will. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We don't normally, but we will. (laughs) Objection is sustained. Yes. 
Ali comes back to the office and Lynn corners her because she's booked a table somewhere called Jasper's, which actually when we get there turns out to just be the bar. So is that what the bar's called? No, I, I think it's a different bar. You think it's a different I, bar? I know it's same, but a different bar. Okay, mm. right. Well, fine. This needs to happen in private away from away. trying eyes, <laughs> yes. okay? They need to go to their gay panic. Exactly. Privately in a public bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Isn't it interesting how much Ali has dressed up for a uh, casual dinner with a friend? <laughs> I have so many problems with her fucking crop top. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Oh, you're Billy. It's like a poncho crop top. <laughs> it is. It's just, it was just horrible. Oh. And I know it was the 90s and it was all, you know, you know, Britney and dressing in as little schoolgirls and wearing crop tops, but it was just really bad. It was yeah. bad. Um, we're not actually there yet, but... Yeah, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. I, I said that wrong. So, yeah, Ali's back at the office and Ling's just saying that she's booked a table there. But, yeah. Oh, right. oh okay. I mean, it's worth getting ahead of ourselves on that because it was a truly atrocious I, I was about to slag off Ling and her pashmina as well, but okay, <laughs> we'll get to that. Not yet. So, Ali um, says... Um, well, she's clearly, like all over the place because she's like I wouldn't kiss it miss it I mean she's like, yeah. she's like stumbling all over her words um, and Richard comes up and asks um, to see Ling and, but Ling's like leave me alone and Ali's like don't ask me and then John says I need to talk to you Richard actually it's an emergency and drags him off in John's office Richard just goes spanked <laughs> and John has to close the door so John clearly understands okay, how, they understand how doors work work. Um, <laughs> and, and John's asking for advice because he obviously heard Nell tell Ling this thing and, and now he's spiraling um, and Richard's advice is to just sit down with Nell and, you know, spank her. <laughs> and John's really, John's really distressed because he's like, but it's violence and I'm not violent and I'm not sexually adventurous and what do I do? Um, and Richard says he's being selfish. He should be seeing if Nell needs help. Does she need counselling? Let's look at her for a victim as a second and, you know, spank her. Because <laughs> victims love that. Oh and John realises he's not going to get anything useful out of him and it's like, never mind. And he goes to leave and then Richard says, look, my problems are worse because Ling is having gay sexy dreams. And John says, well, what does that mean? And Richard says, well, only one thing for sure. In bed, we're not pleasing our women. I'm kind of, I don't know about <laughs> yeah. you or whether Fair. it's just because I have a really low bar of like standards when it comes to Richard. But... I'm actually kind of surprised and impressed that Richard has actually come to this conclusion. Yeah. Like, I would expect, like, his ego to get in the way of, right. yes. of coming to that, that conclusion. Like, I would ex- expect him to, like, blame it on Ling that she's yeah. not enjoying herself. Or, right. Do you know what I mean? I do agree. I think it is quite woke of Richard for a change. However, a change. <laughs> it is okay for women to dream about gay relationships yes. and, also and be being spanked yeah. <laughs> and still be satisfied in bed. Absolutely. All these things can coexist. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But not in the tiny male brain, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we're so man-hating. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they just make it so easy. <laughs> um, so now Ali and Ling are at their date at the bar and we can all like remind ourselves of her terrible yeah, wardrobes. Let's let's do a proper like fashion moment bit because as you said, Ali's wearing jeans with this white vest top with this horrible pink and purple stripy knitted poncho. poncho. 
over the top top, top which thing. she's like a poncho a poncho that only comes down to just beneath her breast that's yeah. right yeah it's like she's gone into a small child's wardrobe and gone, oh, poncho. <laughs> I mean, she probably has, to be fair. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> and then her hair looks like it's been crimped. Yeah, yeah, we've had this discussion about her hair last episode, which you, you weren't on, but... Um, and this is obviously the season of, of Callista discovering hair tongs because mm. she, her hair is curly, like for most of this season. And um, we got a beginnings of that at the end of season two, where Ling, Ling in, in the context of the show, Ling was supposedly doing her hair for her to go dating. And I raised the question um, last episode that I was like, well, if Ali's gone full curly, does that mean like Ling's just doing her hair all the all time? The time. Now? <laughs> <laughs> or she's figured out how to do it herself. We don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's. Uh, what is Ling wearing again? She's got like a pashmina. Yeah, she's wearing like. Is she wearing a dress? Like I, I kind of felt <laughs> like she. They were a bit mismatched with what they were wearing, unless they were yeah. trying to make Ali the butch and Ling the femme. <laughs> so I had a bit of that sense as well oh, because really? I did notice that Ali was dressed more butch than she normally does this season just generally um for the the few episodes that we've watched going into this because um like the first season and the second season it was all like short short skirts that was like the thing and what she was known for yeah um but this season the beginning of this season i don't know if it was a reaction to that or as a consequence of this storyline but she's been in like trousers and like sleeveless tops i noticed she's been putting a lot of like baby pink which she wasn't yeah being put in which actually like i thought looked really nice on her like that colour colour yeah um, but uh, what's the last true. episode the one where she shagged the guy in the car wash yes, yes. oh my god yes. that's a great episode <laughs> yeah but yeah. She was, she was very casual for a lot of that episode wasn't she with jeans yeah. and a yeah. t-shirt a lot yeah. more casual yeah. yeah and a bridesmaid's dress <laughs> and a bridesmaid's dress yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah so there has been a definite shift in her style I've yes. noticed um, but yeah an odd outfit for a meeting Ling I would say um, but anyway maybe she was trying to put her off maybe she was like what's the worst thing I can wear yes. but Ling looks at me and goes no it's not happening I've changed right. my mind I've changed my mind yes that... I made a mistake well given we know she was worried about what to wear yeah. I can't believe that she would have just picked any old thing she would have really thought about it overthought about it if anything so yeah, yeah. you might be right Zoe I think that's probably good, good, uh, good suspicion so, um, anyway, moving on to fashion. <laughs> Ali is uh, very, clearly very nervous because she's kind of babbling and like tapping the table and Lee has to kind of stop her from putting her hand over her tapping hand and it's like, look, it's obvious that the dream I had was about you and Ali's hand like continues to tap underneath <laughs> Ling so Ling has to put her other hand on top and I was like oh god is she gonna run out of hands because <laughs> Ali got superhuman strength um she'd have to sit on it I don't know um but uh but yeah she's um really really nervous but Ling is um really open and honest and is this direct really as, as is her personality she's sort of I'm also scared that my dreams mean something and so what I do when I, when I experience that is like, I confront them and now looking at you and letting my mind wander what I've confirmed is that what I really want at the end of the day dramatic pause is a penis and Ali is so visibly relieved, relieved by the entire thing um, and she's like okay and they kind of agree to drop whatever it is that they've been doing and resume disliking each other, and they both seem really pleased about that. And then 
Ling spots a hockey team who are kind of daring each other. She she believes that they're daring each other to come and hit on them, um, and kind of jokes about that. And um, she, and she and Ali suggests having a little fun, mm. and then Pretty Woman, the song Pretty Woman, kicks in because Ling says, "Well, what arouses and frustrates men the most is two women who are into each other." So. They get up and dance like they're into each other. And we get a whole kind of montage of them dancing, kind of, kind of grinding a little bit on each other. This the... is my... Objection! It's mine it's too! Not... It's not a moral or ethical objection. It's a... This is the least sexiest dancing I've ever, <laughs> ever seen. <laughs> That's so like, funny. There was nothing about it that would make a guy go oh I'm getting hot for that but it, like I've I've done grinding on another woman in a club I go you know it's basically my one dance move is how to grind and that <laughs> I can confirm that by the way <laughs> as a it recipient not... of the grinding <laughs> there was nothing about that that would make a man go oh my god they're a couple and they're gonna go home and they're absolutely gonna get it on with each other and this is so exciting and I want to be part of it not at all. They just look like two very awkward people that have maybe um, stood too close to each other on the tube and weren't quite sure how to manoeuvre. It was quite, you know, um, l- limp, you know. Yeah. Like, limp, limp is the like perfect word. hearts were not in I'd imagine, that. I'd imagine the hockey team were also fairly limp. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you also noticed that there was because this gets brought up and is relevant a little bit later but there was some woman with a clipboard who looks extremely sternly oh I think them. she's like the hostess yeah they mentioned she? that yeah. later um, but if I give you um, where I'm coming from with my objection so I'm really annoyed by this because this is a perfect example of the lipstick lesbianism trope that yes. I really hate because that you know, portrays that women uh, being gay is only acceptable if they're there for men's titillation. And that was so rampant in 90s um, media and just in the 90s culture especially. And it kind of contributed to this climate where myself and lots of other women that I've, I've since spoken to about this, we didn't realise that we were actually probably bisexual until very, very recently. And we kind of missed out on these good lady times because we didn't want to be accused of trying to just doing it to Get men arouse attention. men's attention. Um, and I think the fact that this episode is kind of etched on my brain, like I really remember it, um, mm. and this whole kind of um, storyline about mm. them kissing and stuff, I really remember it, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, it's kind of like these two have almost um, suppressed and oppressed their actual bi-curious feelings in favour of exploring them, but only through the lens of a male gaze. Yeah. Like, that's the only way they're comfortable doing that. Like, actually being on a date is like, oh my God, the mere thought of it, disgusting. But getting sexy for a man's attention, that's fine. That's all right. And that just makes me feel a bit icky. Well, I think Mm. it's one of those things where, like... What I don't like is that it is portrayed as like, this is literally the only reason they are doing this. Is yes. to meanly, like, like meanly arouse the men in the room that they have no sort of intention of actually sleeping with. But it's that thing of like, there are good reasons why women would do this. Yeah. Like... Other, other than for themselves for, for fun, themselves you know? for the fact that it's fun to dance sexily with someone and know that it's not going to go anywhere yeah. other than that like that's why 
like women will go to gay clubs and dance with Absolutely. gay men so, yeah. because it's safe because you can't do that with a straight guy without a little bit of a risk that it's going to go them. wrong yeah. Yeah. like that it could ruin the night because yeah. he may take it the wrong way yeah if you just go oh that was just a dance by the way yeah there's always that tension there's, there. there's always yeah. that risk that it could go slightly wrong which is why i feel like yeah, there's there's good reasons why women do this, and it isn't like to, to to portray it as simply women just doing it to turn men on is like uh, it, it's it's disappointing. Yeah, and it's also really <laughs> fucked up in terms of the um, it, when it's framed as purely for male pleasure and it's only done for male attention it that narrative like actually makes actual gay women less safe yes like if you think about like we can't do year, that in in a, a, a kind of a straight bar because men might get turned yeah, on yeah yeah or if you think about do you remember last year those like two women on a bus that oh, yes that was up, awful and yeah. it was because like a group of teenage boys who were i think they were like 15 to 18 like attacked them because they were like kiss for us like perform lesbianism for us and they, and they wouldn't, wouldn't. Yeah. so they beat them up and it th- yeah that things like like this where it is portrayed as women just do this to get male attention like uh, feeds into that yeah. idea that this is what this is for yeah and you know what it's so right and this really resonates especially like everything you've just said Eleanor but also what you said LJ about Mm. how this episode really stuck in my head and I think for a number of reasons probably because it was so unexpected for a start Mm. just didn't see it coming out of nowhere yeah but also like it made me feel some things like um oh maybe women and women that maybe that is a thing and maybe that is something that I would explore but then Mm. also it kind of scurrying back into a cave because it was just so oh no it's for men it's only for men and Mm. like you say you you have never got to that point where you've explored that side of yourself because you were conditioned to think exactly actually it's not okay it is just for men and Um, it it makes me angry that that mm. is that was what happened and that was how that means that I you know I'm now married very happily to uh, a man uh, but um you know there is a part of me that's like oh shit I would have kind of missed out really enjoyed I can go out and have <laughs> yeah. a go if I feel like it and to be fair the way I feel about men <laughs> these days it's looking more likely <laughs> right <laughs> right uh yeah no, exactly um i agree so yeah it's, it's problematic for all of these yeah. and it's just it, it's not so much problem it's just sad sad it just makes me sad for like all the people watching that yeah. that would have taken those messages away yeah um but you know the 90s eh what are you gonna do <laughs> so both um, objections have been sustained yes <laughs> so, agreed yes um, so, um, after they've done that, um, Ling and Ali are walking home, like, oh, what lols we've had, you know, so happy. Um, and it turns out, as you said, the lady with the clipboard was a hostess, which, um, is all the more problematic, like, looking at them sternly for being gay. Yeah. Like, yeah. no. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> what are you going to do, kick them out? Um, yeah. okay. Um, anyway, 
Um, Ling has uh, walked Ali home and they're saying goodbye, like almost like it's the end of a date, even though they've agreed that that's not what they're doing. Um, and Ali asks her in for a coffee. Ling says no, because Richard's waiting to do her knee, um, which is a whole other thing that I don't want to go into. Um, and <laughs> Ling, Ling goes to go, but then she like quickly turns back and pecks Ali on the cheek. And what I can't stand is that this had the potential for being a really, really interesting storyline about two women exploring their bi curiosity, mm. and they just are not doing it justice. No. It's just the worst. It's, mm. Yeah, it's, it's really it works sad. through the eyes of a man, David Absolutely. E. Kelly. Absolutely, right. yeah. Mm. Um, the next day, um, Richard and John have discovered Google. Um, I don't believe that because something I've noticed is that there are no computers in this office. Yes, I know. <laughs> but I, my note is like, John and Richard go on the internet. <laughs> no, surely not. Adventures on the internet. Surely yeah. it would have been Ask Jeeves then. To, I don't, Something don't think like we that. Had- yeah, what, what, well, Google Google was invented. Well, it was launched in '98, but I don't think it was very good or user friendly or right. easy to use <laughs> to the average. It wasn't certainly wasn't the thing we know no, today. No, it's not. What um, we today. So I don't know whether they were actually using Google, but they were certainly doing internet research, and they have found <laughs> that <laughs> as many as thirty percent of women fantasize about spanking. Um, and John is. But it's fine. Yes. Like somebody <laughs> think of the children. Yeah. Bless him. Um, and then Richard finds out that many women brush their hair and leave their hairbrush on the oh nightstand, no. hoping that their partner <laughs> And then John is like, ooh, Nell does that. I wonder. And I'm like, no, Richard. No, John, no, John. No. Uh, but then he thinks he needs to talk to her. And Richard says, no, no, not if you want to get her going. Because he's also just read that the surprise factor adds mm. to the pleasure. Oh, yes, assaulting God. a woman with her own hairbrush is always, you know, yes. pleasurable. Far more pleasurable. Yes. yes. Um, so, uh, and, and John is a bit bummed because he's like, I've just got my sexual God. Barry White esteem back. And like, now the internet. What a disaster. <laughs> and then they play this video, which, I'm sorry, that loaded far too quickly for a computer in 1999. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we hear these sound effects of spanking. Um, and they're obviously watching this video about spank demonstrating porn. how to spank oh, What a shock that the internet's just been invented and Richard Fish and John K have found the pornography of course of course um so basically richard just needs to put the internet down yeah uh, back away Step away <laughs> um but finally um today alice gets to be on the stand and there's this i really hated this shot and i'm sure this was on purpose there's this really long lingering shot of alice that goes from the, the floor um, where she's wearing like these strappy heels and it goes up her legs and then we see she's wearing like this short skirt and no, this sleeveless and it's just no. it's just a little bit like voyeuristic gross yeah. male gaze type yeah. shot on purpose to yeah. kind of demonstrate well she's a sexy lady all right yeah. like look at her with her legs and everything yeah um but billy is questioning her and she's explaining that she has this rule against dating anyone at work um, but she does like to feel attractive and she does like to make men think that they could have otherwise had a shot okay um, so then Renee questions her and asks her why and it's because sex is power for her and it equalises things in her mind because she's not the smartest in the room but the male co-workers will help her because they really enjoy the flirty banter 
um, and all of that kind of stuff. And Renee says, well, do you exploit it? And that's where Billy's ears kind of prick up, which is interesting, put a pin in that. Um, but she says, yes, but my intention was never to victimise anybody. Has anyone actually met a woman like this in a normal office? Because I've only ever met this woman on film and TV. I, I just oh, feel like... I think I, 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 my best friend might have, yeah. <laughs> not, not My best friend is not the woman, but I think she's met her. We had a right. nickname for her called Peep Toe because she wore Peep Toe <laughs> shoes every day. <laughs> Mm. the sexiest of all shoes yeah, See, I, yes. I can imagine I can imagine a woman like whose job actually does rely on her sex appeal feeling this way yeah. like like a model or an actress or you know someone like that having this sex is my power type of vibe about her but right. I, I've never met this woman in real life no, I, haven't. Like, I don't know about it I just wanted to do like a quick poll has anyone else met this woman because I haven't so I would say that I have been this woman in one scenario and that was when You're like what time <laughs> <laughs> that was uh it wasn't actually work related but it was in an office so uh, my husband and I met because we worked we were on the same internship working for the same company um, a long time ago and I had to do we were for this internship program we were on um, there was like a yearbook at the end of the internship year mm. and I was like president of the yearbook council and so had to get people to help me put it together and Russ volunteered to be one of those people yeah um, and so to get him to actually do the fucking work I'd be like <laughs> come on like I'd be flirting with him to do that but that was because I fancied him and we ended up Married. Out, so that's maybe that's different. But I wouldn't have done that for just like anyone to no. get some work done. Yeah. Do you know? I, I, yeah. I do think that is different. Okay. Good. But okay. I'm off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't met this woman other than in TV and film. Okay. I just. I'm like. What do you think, Zoe? I I'm trying to think my way through the offices I've worked in, and where I'm aware that there are people not that I've directly met but definitely use their sexuality for gain. And I can't name names because of the industry that I work in. Of you, course. Like, people would automatically know who they are. But there's definitely women who are now very powerful within that industry that have used their, um, you know, their sexuality to advance themselves. But that doesn't take away from the fact that actually these are incredibly intelligent women as well, or they wouldn't yeah. still be able to do the job they're doing. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's it's, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And there is something to say that, you know, I mean, most industries, I don't think this is unique to one industry, but, um, uh, you know, we live in a world where senior people are more than likely to be white, male, mm. old mm. men um, at the top. Mm. Um, so, you know, there is something to say that if women have used their sexuality to move through that, that's a product of them trying to navigate their way through a system that is not designed for them I also in yeah. a way I, well, it, I think it also comes down to like what do you cast as you using your sexuality right yeah like I think that's a really blur I mean this woman in this scene is very explicit that she is doing something very it's on purpose she's not just showing up polished no and looking nice she's trying to attract male attention she, she is doing she, it's done. a strategy yeah to help her in her job. And I I just, I, I yeah, I, I don't... Sh- sh- 
she's just using the skill that's available to her. Like, is there any mm. difference between her doing that and a guy that's good at golf saying to the boss, let me come and do a round of golf with you? To, yeah. Like, that, that's, his, that's his step up. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. His, that's his route through to being recognised and noticed in the office is the, oh, let me take you on a round of golf and I'll give you some, some tips and tricks. Like, yeah. What she's doing is no different. It's no. just because it's a woman... It's sexualized. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. The other, I think, the other uh, way of looking I, at it as well is that often when women are very attractive or very overtly sexual is that then they're objectified by men and they're not seen as anything other than that. something yeah. pretty to look at, so like an object. Them back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So would it advance them? Because they'd be like, well, True. we're not entirely sure she's capable because does she she's have a so brain? She's so attractive. Yeah. Right, right. Well, as I say, if, if women really could sleep their way to the top, there'd be a whole a lot, lot more, more women, women at the top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I just that's think great. Yeah. It, it's one of those things where I'm just like, that's only going to take you so far. I, and I yeah. wonder whether you can liken it to like charm with men. Yeah, A totally. man in who is, you know, well-groomed, looking good in a suit, who is naturally charming and charismatic... I wonder whether that's exactly that's the same thing, thing it yeah. is exactly as what women the same do, thing. except men overly sexualise women in a way that maybe Absolutely. women are not encouraged to overly yeah. sexualise men. Yeah. Like I agree. We, we see a whole person yeah, with a man and with man a woman is too we charming, don't. I run a mile because you can't trust <laughs> a charming man. Yeah. Narcissists. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, yeah, okay. Well, we'll probably get more into that in the retrial section. Yes. But yeah. Um, it's, it's good points. So, um, Billy and Renee are kind of walk and talking back in her office. Um, and Renee is annoyed and tells him to kind of stick to his uh, case. And he's annoyed because he feels that she's hurting his client's chances of a fair trial by playing the stupid sex slut power card like it's something to champion. Oh, which he says has all the integrity of a lap dance and that Renee should be ashamed because it doesn't show respect for women. And Renee is like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's just the worst yes um she says your problem is that you don't like women being sexy because it it threatens your manhood and i was like uh nail head yeah well done yeah um and she goes on to say don't talk to me about respect for women you don't even like strong women that's why you ran from ali you (sighs) knew you wouldn't be able to tell her what to do and how to dress so you went out and found yourself a little barbie doll wife and Billy's like, hey! Well, Billy does his, <laughs> one of his classic, like, naught to 60. Yeah. Like, hey, don't you ever attack my wife. No. Um, and Renee's like, I'm going to stick up for her. How's this? She's too good for you, you male chauvinist King Kong pig. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very good. Yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, but then she goes on and she, she says, he's the worst kind. You disguise yourself as being pro-women while you're not. You mm. had a problem with Georgia dressing sexy last year you left Ali because you know she would not stay home and cook and clean and Billy's like no my problem's with you walking around with a plunging neckline throwing your breasts out like they're two condos you're trying to sublet and then he storms out and Renee just shouts after him male chauvinist pig get out and then there's that pig squeal yeah there's like an oink as he leaves I mean it's about fucking time someone said that she spills the tea on 
Billy. Like, yeah. I love it. It's just, oh, Renee for the motherfucking win. That's I love what it. I'm saying Renee's the voice of reason, man. Yes, absolutely. But I've wanted someone to, to take him down. What like we've that. been saying yeah. for like two seasons, basically. Been, no like, one. You pretend to be this sensitive, nice guy. Yes. And you're fucking not. I see through you. And no one's done it on the show. And like to have her, it was such a cathartic moment yes, for me. I was absolutely. like, thank God I someone know. said it. Exactly. Exactly. Brilliant. So Nell is in the unisex and she's putting some lipstick on and John comes in and Nell's really pleased to see him. She's quite sweet. She's like, oh, I haven't seen you all day. Um, and John says, well, I've been out in plain sight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not working. Really funny. <laughs> um, and Nell asks if uh, he wants to come home with her and she'll cook for him something exotic if he's up for being adventurous. And John's like, sure. He's <laughs> like really high pitched. Um, and now leaves and then Elaine comes in um, and John hasn't moved it's like he's frozen in place yes. after Nell said this thing um, and Elaine asks him if he's okay and John says can you do what you did for me last week which Eleanor and I were absolutely horrified horrified, horrified. yeah horrified um, yeah and Elaine is absolutely delighted to oblige and begins licking his ear and whispering about how he's such a hot biscuit, which is horrible. Um, and she's basically <laughs> ruined brunch forever for me because she said she presses him up against the stool door saying, I could fry an egg on you. She reaches for his crotch and talks about his hot sausage oh. and says, I look at you and I see brunch. And Georgia catches them at it. And is absolutely, yes, because they haven't noticed that. Um, and Elaine's like, oh, what's up? I'm Miss Fluffer. <laughs> Which is absolutely accurate. That is what, that is what she's, she's doing. doing. Yeah. And it is so not okay. This is well, just throwing like, up an interesting question, though, for me, is that Biscuit, I've always imagined he's like a jammy dodger, but actually uh, Biscuits yes. in the US is, is no. a different thing. Yeah. It is. Um, we had this discussion in season one when we had exactly the same reactions. Mm. I was like, aren't they bourbons? Like, <laughs> no, I think bourbon mm. biscuits. No, it's not a cookie. It's, um, it's, it's the like a savoury scone thing scone. that they have yeah. with a white gravy. Yes. Have you and there was had one, one of those, Zoe? I Go. had chicken gravy and biscuits. Uh, how were they? <laughs> Me too. It's amazing. If you have it in the, if you have them in the south, outstanding. Oh, wow. great! Absolutely outstanding. I highly recommend it. Also, their gravy, not gravy as we know it. It's no white, white gravy. Yeah, white yeah. gravy. Yeah, Eleanor yeah. has never, I've never had that. Hasn't been to the states very often, so no. she's not au fait with. Google the... it and have a look. It looks yeah. like vomit. <laughs> it tastes good it does taste good mm. but it's funny because they had an episode in, in season one where they kind of explained where that came from and apparently mm. it came from his uh, school days when basically they were like he's he's kind of soft do you know what I mean so that's soft biscuit because it's like doughy scone like that's mm, okay. it was like yeah, a yeah. derogatory term yeah um, but yeah he's reclaimed it and now he's a hot biscuit <laughs> Elaine has reclaimed it for him yeah <laughs> but I, I mean bad for Elaine I wonder who hurt her I yeah, right. So many people, I think. Oh, like, so many. She does not have a happy home life from the sounds of things. I'm just like, do you really, John, like, do you really think Nell would be okay happy with, with this? this? Like, this is, as we said before, this is like cheating on yeah, it's a betrayal. This is. This is- so, and also, he's using her. He's yeah, just Elaine, using yeah. Elaine for his own benefit. 
And even if Elaine has said that she's consented to being used, that doesn't make it morally okay. okay. Like, Mm-mm. you can still in your head be like, I don't care if you are happy with this. I'm not happy with this. This doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. But he doesn't also, do that. There's a, a slight issue in that he can't get hot for his girlfriend yeah. just for his girlfriend. Right? Like, you have to have someone get you in the zone. That's just really wrong. It's well, not right. anyone else think that perhaps John, John Cage was gay? Paul, no. oh, I don't know. He's never he's never talked about being attracted to men. One thing, and and anyone he's ever spoken about, he's it the person has been he channels women. though to get him all hot and Barry stuff. White, yeah, mm. true. But I I think it's not so much he needs like help getting like um, passionate about is Nell. it self esteem? Uh, uh, yeah, think? it is. It's confidence, mm. and it's like, but you should be talking to Nell about that. Yeah, if Nell is not giving you sexual confidence, that's a problem, and you should talk about it. Like, yeah. like she needs to. This like, is not help a solution. You, with this. you like, can't have Elaine follow you around the rest of your life. No, it's like <laughs> Jesus. Can you imagine? I mean, he probably could. Just like. <laughs> That's a thing. He probably could. She'd be willing. Oh, poor Elaine. You deserve more. Want more for yourself. I don't know. It's not good. Um, Yeah, George is like, I don't want to know about this. I'm out. I'm out. Um, So Ali is in her office late and she's daydreaming as Vonda is singing Fire again. um, And Ling breaks that sort of uh, zone that she's in by coming in and uh, seeing that Ali is all flustered. And, and Ali's like, no, 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 I'm totally chill. And she puts her feet up and leans back in her chair and promptly falls backwards off of it. So she's really chill. That <laughs> happened to me in maths class once in front of a boy I fancied. It was really bad. It was a bad time. I don't ever recommend I, it. I, I once walked into a plate glass window in front of a boy band. That's oh, another story for another oh, day. Really? Oh, Didn't know it was there. Oh, that's so. That's was it the new kids? No. Oh, that, oh, that's slightly kids. better. Yeah, I believe it's it was worlds apart. Oh, that's fine. Worlds <laughs> apart. Who cares about them? <laughs> Oh I obviously God. do. It was about yes. 30 years ago and I still remember it. Oh, oh bless no. you. I'm sure they <laughs> thought, what a funny lady. <laughs> what a ledge. <laughs> <laughs> she bounces back off of anything. She's resilient, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Ali gets up um and is uh, uh ling says you know what what's the problem why are you so nervous and she says okay well last night was great and then ling gets a little smirk and finishes off ali's train of thought because otherwise ali's like really stammering over her words and and she'll never get there um and and ling says you know you said good night um you wanted to kiss me and ali's all stuttery and it's like no uh, yeah but no and they kind of establish it's not because she's gay Okay, she's not ashamed to admit that she doesn't want to be gay. I'm like, God, this is all very I mean, that's very shameful, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and also, that's quite funny because, like, the, she seems to think that her saying that she's, um, you know, proud to admit she doesn't want to be gay is somehow evidence of her not being gay. It's like, no, have you not heard of being closeted? Yeah, like, like internalised <laughs> homophobia, yeah, like... which you appear to have in spades. <laughs> right. Um, 
But uh, and she says she's not even that comfortable. Um, well, it seems like she's not even that comfortable being curious. Even like she's just really like trying to distance herself from, from any kind yeah, of homo- uh, any homo- kind of uh, feeling, gay feeling. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she's like, I just had an urge for for whatever reason. God knows what that reason could be. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> and Ling sort of leans over the desk and um, it's really soft. And she's like, Do you now? Like really sultry. Um, and then Ling closes the door and locks it and she asks Ali to come out from behind the desk. And, and Ali, Ali sprints round the desk, by the way. <laughs> she's so thirsty for this. She's like, I'm so going this way there. anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going this yeah, way anyway. Really, she does say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's trying to brush it off, but clearly she's like, it's so funny. Yeah. I love that moment where she's like, I'm just coming round here anyway. Exactly. Like, totally planned to do that. No biggie. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not because of you or anything. <laughs> and Ling says, I've been thinking about this all day. And then Vonda fades back in um, on the audio. And Ling says um, that Nell thinks that it might just be um, because we're so high on our new friendship and, like, curiosity <laughs> and being, like, non-mainstream. And if we kissed, maybe it will all go away. Oh I'm like, sure, guys. That's what gets you to sleep at night that's fine um and Ali's like well yeah maybe we should just see um and they get closer and they're kind of whispering about how soft they think it'll be and how nice it'll be and they kiss each other and I remember having dreams about this I don't know if I'm alone in this scenario um but I remember feeling like oh my god this is amazing this is so hot like I thought that too I thought it was uh, like unbelievably hot but watching it back I'm like Oh, it's a bit tame from what my memory made it. <laughs> like, I, I find this that like women, when women are are written to kiss each other, they don't kiss each other like men would. Not sorry, like a man and a woman would kiss each other. Right. It's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah, it's like I think polite and sweet and polite. You know, yeah, you're right. I think that's the same for like male gay kisses as well mm. on TV. It's very chaste often. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, god forbid we offend yeah people. god forbid yeah. like that it it be seen as too salacious yeah like. that's yeah well, you're god right god forbid we show you know young people that actually kissing another the person of the same sex as them might be as good as kissing some of the opposite sex and yeah. encourage them to go and be gay right yeah exactly. <laughs> right let's just I make mean, let's make it clear that this isn't going to be as exciting as kissing yes. you know the opposite sex it's but just, i think especially with like two women there's this th- with uh, like there's this thing of like they want to be salacious with it because two women together is like super hot but yeah. at the same time don't be too salacious with it because we might offend people so it's just like they're really trying to like we might create more lesbians <laughs> and then what will the men do you think you know? the target audience for Ali McBeal was as well surely it was women surely um, yeah well our dad watched it but uh, yeah I mean yeah <laughs> I, I think am I did it like, turn did it turn your dad into a lesbian <laughs> No. <laughs> Funny enough. <laughs> Good question, though. Oh, crazy. Oh, yeah. Dear. It also didn't turn our mum into one, as far as I no, know. No. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Well, they sort of stop kissing, and then they're sort of like, well, that didn't suck. Let's just do it some more. And I, I'm just like, geez. Mm. Like, ladies, you do not need to be with these mediocre men. No. Like, why couldn't hashtag Lally have been a thing? Lally. Oh, Lally. <laughs> Nice. Or do lally. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't have 
Ing. Aing. That wouldn't have worked. Aling. No, that wouldn't have worked. No. Lali's better. But yeah. Lali. Uh, but like it just makes me so sad that they keep pairing yes. like Ling with fucking Richard yeah. and Ali with this parade of idiots <laughs> when it's like clearly these guys are hot for each other why yeah. can't they just explore that and do justice to that but it was the 90s so yeah. they didn't so no. there we are where does, where does this fall in with the um, Brookside kiss Ooh, Brookside was know. earlier oh I'm yeah sure this was after it. I think yeah yeah okay yeah I don't know. I never... You didn't watch Brookside. Brookside. I remember watching the Brookside storyline. I'm going to try and Google on using the same computer we're recording on, so you carry on talking and I'm going to Google Brookside Okay, you do the research. You be the Richard Fish of this operation. (laughs) Go and ask Jeeves. If I fall into you porn, I (laughs) apologise. Suddenly here, a load of It was 1994, sorry. Thank you. Oh, it was 94. Oh, wow. Yeah, so five years. Yeah, five years before this, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Okay, so back at Ali's apartment, she's told Renee, who can't believe that this has happened. And cannot um, believe it. <laughs> uh, and Ali's a bit, like, incredulous that she did it and that it was good. Like, she's a bit like... She's in full, like, Katy Perry, hysteria. I kissed a girl and I liked yeah, it. Yeah, 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 she is. <laughs> um, and, and she uh, sort of explains what we didn't see on camera, which is um, that Ling just left after they kissed that second time because they didn't know what to say. They didn't really say anything about it. Then the doorbell rings and Ali's gone to get it and she looks through the eye hole and she narrows her eyes at Renee before she opens the door and it's Billy and she doesn't even say anything to Billy. She just walks up to Renee and being like, who told? Like, because of course God. it's about her. It's about her. <laughs> it is. Just, you know, Ali might be, you know, the, the main character or whatever, but she has got this astonishing just self-involved self-absorbed notion <laughs> yes. that the entire world revolves around her <laughs> yeah it's we talk about amazing. this often it's just I'm never I'm never not shocked I mean, at her capacity her defense, the show's called Ali McBill yeah. <laughs> yes 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 it's which true, clearly she knows literally yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah she knows it <laughs> yeah she's aware um, but you know, actually, in this case, it turns out Billy is not there for her. No, he's, for um, you know, he's here to see Renee to kind of coordinate their closing arguments. Um, but Renee's still pissed at him and is like, "What's to coordinate? You condemn sexual harassment laws in general, and I hang my two condos up for rent." <laughs> <laughs> and Ali just looks really confused about what's happening. She's like, "What have I missed?" Because uh, Billy has walked off to Nemesis music. I yes, guess. he leaves um, very annoyed. Yeah, good God, there's something happening that is not related to Ali in this episode. I know. What has yeah. she missed? <laughs> she's uh, she's very confused by the concept of missing something. As well. <laughs> I also like, found it happen? interesting that he would drop by to see Renee. Like these days, yes. you just pick up a phone, wouldn't you, and call? Yes, <laughs> I have this point because I was just like, I don't like the way he just turns up at their house like that, and mm. he does it a lot, and it feels like an attempt to like intimidate almost like, yes. right why couldn't you just this could have been a phone call yeah mm. yeah or right. a meeting in the office if you weren't also <laughs> busy in the office discussing the kinks of your partners <laughs> you could actually get this shit done during office hours mm. yeah right <laughs> learn to be more efficient with your time yeah um so uh, the next day John and Richard are debriefing on the sofa in John's office and John is updating Richard that he left after dinner with Nell because he got spooked by her brushing her hair with a brush the size of a tennis racket. Oh, God. <laughs> 
and apparently Richard says that Ling just rolled off of him um, because the knee pit isn't even working. She's got a callus, which sounds horrible. <laughs> um, and they are so confused as to why they aren't their usual sex machines, <laughs> which is quite funny. Um, but John will not be beat. He's like, you know, if I can't be the old John Cage, I'm going to be a new one. I've changed once. I can change again. He's very optimistic about all of this. Um, and he goes to leave with his head held high, but then he farts. So that's gone off to a good start. I just like, if his last change is anything to go by, like, I am... I'm not here for it. I do not like It's also the dynamic way I'd, I'd do changing my life. This is it. This is a new me. I'm going to the gym. I'm, and then as I, you know, walk proudly out of the room, I would, you know, fart and be like, oh, fucking ruin that now. That was like my big moment. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> yeah, it's all done now. Ruined. <laughs> oh dear. So oh, it dear. is closing time at the courthouse. Um, the opposing counsel is advocating that women shouldn't have to work in an office where Alice struts around like a centrefold for a collective Neanderthal jolly, and that it's not unreasonable to ask her to dress more modestly. <laughs> when uh, Billy takes his turn, he says uh, there is no harassment. Uh, so they might look at this woman. You can't punish the employer for that. What has even happened? You know, when men and women get together, sex will always just be in the air, especially when women are so sexy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and that's their two condos. Yeah, yes. they've got condos, for God's sake. I mean, <laughs> what are we? Robots? <laughs> The game is rigged. They've got condos. <laughs> They're always leaving them out. <laughs> They're just there on the front and everything. <laughs> um, and then it's Renee. Um, and she tells a story of when she was little, she saw a musical with can-can dancers in it. And she saw the power that a beautiful woman singing can have over a powerful man on stage. And she is like, I didn't think she was a victim or a bimbo or anti-feminist because that would be quite advanced for a small girl to pick out (laughs) in the 80s. (laughs) But she did say um, that she saw that sex appeal is a gift and not something to be ashamed of. Um, But that's what these women should be telling Alice that she should be. She should be ashamed. And just like some people, where she pointedly looks at (laughs) Billy, um, she says, some people tell me I should be ashamed. All my life, I've been told, if you use your sexuality, that you set the feminist movement backwards. Well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 We'll come on to that in and retrial. I, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll save what yeah. I was going to say for retrial. Oh, unless that's you want to say it now. No, 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 no. No, we'll save it for retrial. Um, so, back at Cajun Fish, Ali's looking for a book in the library, and Ling is behind the shelf when she <laughs> takes it off of it. Um, and says, well, we need to talk about it. And um, Ling says she had another dream. And Ali's like, oh. And then Ling says, about Richard. And Ali's like, oh. And then she said, about telling you after you, I could never go back to kissing him. And Ali's like, oh. <laughs> um, so a real roller coaster of a sentence <laughs> yeah. there. Um, and Ling says, but it was just a dream. And then they agree that even though it was great... Um, it wasn't the same because it was missing the one thing that they both need... For the tingle, which is... A penis. A penis. Ah, got it right, yeah. Yeah. Um, But they're both... um, But they're both really like, you know, yay, I like men, yay, we've sorted it out. And I'm like, you can like both. 
Like, I'm just like, why? actually, what you really need is like a non-homophobic society. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's like, what it is. So that's relieved. What oh yay! I like cock. Hooray! Thank <laughs> yeah. God. It was terrifying for a moment there. <laughs> We were really in a tunnel where there was no cock to be seen and I didn't know if we'd ever get out. <laughs> but it was, I can't tell you how bullshit this is because they haven't even tried. Do you no. know what I mean? They're clearly interested <laughs> and they haven't tried. They, no, haven't, they given, haven't given it the good college try. They haven't. But anyway, they're like, you know... We, 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 you know, had a little, like, flutter of curiosity, and we're glad we did, but, you know, that's the end Let's of Let's shut it down. Um, <laughs> and Ling doesn't want Ali to tell anyone, but, of course, Ali's already told Renee, um, but Ali does promise that she'll never kiss another woman, and I said, how disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> and then they shake on it. I, it's just a very sad storyline. Because they're both shutting these feelings down inside of them like d- themselves like because internalized I mean, homophobia right, yeah. like there's a ho- like if you're really missing a penis like there is a whole range of sex toys <laughs> out there for you like you <laughs> use the internet they're all on there i know and i just i feel sad for like because i feel like this is the most vulnerable and soft we've seen like ling be mm. and it that, i feel yes. like that's um, something I was going to bring up as well, yeah. Yeah, and I just, I really like seeing this side of her. And I just feel like Ali has gotten to a place that is way more intimate with Ling than Richard has ever gotten. Mm. He's never gotten anywhere near this side of He's Ling. He's not interested in being no. intimate, like no. emotionally intimate with Ling. And I just feel like, oh, ladies, you are really missing out like, yeah. on, on Ling's something. Ling's really shown her that she's like multidimensional because she's been such a badass emotionless bitch for so long and then suddenly out of nowhere she's got this actual kind side and like you say she's soft and empathetic and open and yeah yeah and Richard's never going to bring that out of her because he has the depth of a puddle (laughs) I actually think that um people get the impression that Ling isn't kind but I actually think she is deep down she just puts on this front very well of of, yeah she just hides it very well because like she bought that stupid blimp (laughs) in that episode with Hayley Joel Osment yeah like she she's constantly doing favors for people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she did when when John was having problems with um uh you know that uh frog that he had yeah she rescued it like she 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 will her instinct is to help she doesn't have it she doesn't doesn't do it in a fluffy like caregiving way caregiving way but she's very like if there's a problem she can solve it and she will help and like she helped elaine out with the swing yeah the dancing yeah that's true she is actually deep down very kind but richard that relationship is not designed it's not from both I think sides they, they bring don't out the worst they, in each yeah other, they do they? i agree yeah um but yeah i just i so think this, this is, is super this is tragic sad, like yeah. storyline it's such a wasted opportunity as well yeah. to tell a different kind of but story but they wouldn't have done it that's no. the thing they in the, they, they just couldn't have they couldn't have their their main character go gay like they no, couldn't have that that's true when did ellen mm. come out that was uh, God, I, that was earlier in the nineties. But even I then, that say, was that like was around ninety four ish as well. That was that, but that was a you know she but lost because, work because of that. Do you know what I mean? Like it scandal. was a big problem. And also, it's because Ellen was gay and right, she yeah. she wanted to like be she, gay, be genuine and authentic, <laughs> of course. Like, 
And I just, uh, yeah, uh, you don't have that problem in, yeah. uh, in this kind of show. Where, but, but it's just sad. like, uh, sad, sad, sad. But anyway. What could have been? What could have been, yeah. It would have been a very different show. Um, mm. So, yeah. So the jury is back and they found in favour of the defendant on both counts. Um, so so that's the end of that. Okay. Yes, we'll yeah. come back to that. Um, yeah. And then John is at Nell's and mm. she's getting ready for God. bed. Talking about how happy I don't want to relive is. this. I really no, don't want to relive it. I'm, brace I'm in the brace position. <laughs> um, she's getting ready for bed, talking about how happy she is to go to bed because she's so tired, like, can relate, fine. Um, and she's picked up her hairbrush and John's eyes are like saucers. Like, he just stares at it, like... <laughs> um, and John uh, makes up some kind of... Um, uh, bullshit about um, pupil flexing because Nell's noticed like why his eyes have suddenly gone wide um, and uh, he's like I'm flexing my pupils and then he kisses her and says I've got a surprise gift for you on the floor <laughs> and she's like okay and she goes to look on her side and he's like no 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 on my side and she's like okay well can you just hand it to me like <laughs> why Stop is being so a dick. just give me the fucking um, gift <laughs> yes and he's like no 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 you have to see it on the floor and she's like, what the fuck is going on? But she's <laughs> like, okay. Carpet. Okay. And she leans over, stretches over him, and he picks up the hairbrush and it's just like whack-a-mole on her butt. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, John, you watched a porno. Like, what is sexy about what you've just done there? It's just awful. Like, that is not like the video that you watched. No, no, it's not. I don't know what he was thinking, but Nell is absolutely screaming, uh, understandably, because she's just been, like, assaulted. Beaten. Assaulted, yeah. <laughs> and he looks really shocked and he starts stuttering as she goes absolutely postal at him and is talking about screaming about calling the police and screams at him to get out and that he's a sicko and he can't even talk. Like, he's yeah, just he so mortified. Yeah, a lot and leaves. Um, but what when the fuck? is he going to learn to stop taking Richard's advice? Because yeah. Richard was the one that was like, don't... Talk don't, about it. don't talk about it with her just spring don't, it don't on her don't ask her if she wants you to bash yeah, her don't like, get her consent yeah that is just if you just fucking talk to her like, like she's a human fucking being uh, right. and you can find out what her full fantasy is like what happened to the maid when she was spanked shall I buy you a maid outfit do I need to dress up as a maid like what's the scenario <laughs> exactly. here I just, I just it's just to come like this is don't do this. No one ever should do this. Like, you do not just whack someone on the... Like anywhere. That. Like Do you know that. who would have given John really good advice? Elaine. Renee. Renee, uh, yes. yes. She would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And it would not have been to do that. Oh, God. He just keeps... I mean, I was quite shocked at how violent it was, to be honest. Yeah, mm. because he actually, like, you see him do... Like Pull as the if cover. he's pulling. Well, to oh, me, her, like he was pajamas. putting her pajama yes. bottoms down. Yes, you're right. Yeah. So not only was he doing it like that, so fast and like like you say, like whack a mole, <laughs> like but on her bare ass, it's just like that would have been so, so painful. painful. What the fuck are you? I would, I would acted exactly the same as yeah, her. I would absolutely. have been like, get the fuck out of here! I'm calling the police. Yeah, like, yeah. are you? I don't know how you come back from that, to be honest. I but, no. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I also had a slightly less relevant issue with this scene, is that given um, her hair, 
There's no way she'd fucking brush it before she went to bed because it would just be frizz. Mm. She might braid it. She might, you know, yeah. put it up in a bun. But there's no way you're brushing that hair because you're just going to wake up in the morning looking like you're in the Bahamas. The logistics right. don't make any sense. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a scene written by a man, man. with no yeah. understanding right. of how hair works. You are correct. Um, so at the bar, Vonda lightens the mood after that horrific scene. Oh, Vonda's really earning her money in this episode, is. isn't she? And her <laughs> status of being a um, actual cast member. Full cast cast member. member. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so she sings a song uh, by the Drifters called This Magic Moment. And uh, Richard is taking the call on his cell from John panicking about what he's just he's done. He's just done, yeah. Um, but Richard says he'll call him later, even though this is kind of his fault. <laughs> like I'm taking no responsibility um, uh, because Ling's come back with some drinks and Ling asks him what's happened and she's really shocked not unsurprisingly about um, when she hears that uh, John spanked Nell um, but Richard's like oh never mind um, can we dance I miss you um, and then at the next table Renee's there with Ali like look he's got your girl like teasing <laughs> Ali about it um, and then Georgia comes down and asks if uh, Renee or Ali have seen Billy. And Ali says, oh, no, I think he's upstairs. Um, but you can join us. And, and Georgia goes, oh, no, thanks. I'll sit in the Barbie section. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I don't understand why all these people who work in the same place are having after-work drinks and they're all at separate tables. It's weird. Yeah, like, right. yeah, sometimes they choose to all sit together, but every so often they won't and they'll have their different Areas. sections. Yeah. yeah, like, but I just... I'm like, yeah, what are the chances that Billy told her that bit but left out the part about Renee saying Georgia was too good for him? Right. Mm. Like, I bet he was like, I won't, yeah. I'll admit that bit because she might get ideas. I'd just right. like the record to... Ref- the record to... Re- I can't speak. I'd like the record to reflect that I really like Georgia. I think she's yes, a good yeah. character. I don't think she gets enough credit for being a decent no, person. We agree. I yeah, think she's been done like a disservice Georgia. in some of the storylines she's been given. But um, <laughs> generally speaking, Georgia's one of the best characters on the show and often makes a lot of sense. Yes. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and they started... Well, again, we talked about this last episode, didn't we? Yeah. But, um, or one of... Was it the mailbag episode? Yeah, something like that. Um, But we talked about how um, Georgia, she she just had so much promise, especially from season one, Mm. because they could have very easily, they, I keep saying they, it's one man's fault, David, (laughs) could have very easily written her as like this like super jealous like wife trope. Um, like jealous of of uh, the kind of ex girlfriend and the relationship yeah. that Billy and Ali had, but he didn't. He actually set her up as being like yeah. Ali and Georgia became friends in season yeah. one, which is why the emotional impacts of what happened in season two when they actually kissed Billy and Ali. I mean, yeah. not Ali and Georgia. <laughs> that did happen as well. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> Billy and Ali kissed. That's why the emotional payoff for that, in terms of the impact on Ali and Georgia's friendship, was so mm. big because it was like oh, it's such a shame because you were yeah. such good friends and what have you done to her and actually it was quite interesting that he didn't write her as the jealous wife and put them against each other in that way because that's what everyone expected yes yes. and I think it was a really smart move not to Um, to. it's much more interesting yeah Um, but yes I'm glad you're here for the Georgia love yeah (laughs) as well 
Um, so yeah, so the, the, the episode finishes. Ali um, congratulates Renee on her first civil trial victory. Um, and um, Renee is like, uh, she's just saying, sort of, here's your milestone. And Renee's like, and yours, which is yeah. funny. Um, <laughs> and then Ali looks at Ling dancing and, and Richard is all like, you know, I've been on the, are you feeling hetero? I've been on the internet and I've learned some new <laughs> tricks. And oh. Ling. The words every woman longs to I've been on the internet, honey, and I've learned some new tricks. <laughs> Fucking hell. Right. Ling, Ling, says, Ling says, can't wait with all the enthusiasm of a lead balloon. Like, <laughs> really not. But then she's, you see, it ends with her longingly looking over at Ali, and Ali is, is looking back. Looking and back. I'm like, guys, <laughs> this doesn't have to be this way. It's so sad. And that's the end. Yeah, I think that's a proper sad ending. Right? Mm. It's a bit like Brokeback Mountain. Oh my God, don't. Brokeback Mountain, I can't even think about it without welling up. So sad. Uh, I mean, it's obviously not that sad. It's just just the path not taken. Right. Because of bullshit reasons. Because of bullshit reasons. Because of the time you were living in. Yeah. So sad. It's just, ugh. So sad. Retrial. Um, so it was um, Butters <laughs> et al um, versus uh, Corbin Technologies and Alice Gaylor. So how does everyone find this case? <laughs> well, it's a case that we've already gone through because they did a very similar thing in season one with the male woman yeah um in the in their office yeah, yeah where yeah. the women of cage and fish were suing the male woman because she was too sexy and the men handing out all that male yeah so exactly wearing, t-shirt. wearing jeans and a t-shirt she's too fucking sexy damn her um and i just <laughs> no one is suggesting that the met like i it <laughs> and <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, why is the men in the office could just adjust their behaviour. Right. Mm. Like, that's all that needs to happen. Like, and it's this attitude of, like, boys will be boys. Like, this societal-wide attitude that boys will be boys. Men will just talk about women in a derogatory, sexualising way. That's just what they do. And there's nothing we can do about that. Yeah, it's, like, literally to the point where, like men's behaviour in reaction to an attractive, sexy woman is just seen as natural and as unstoppable as, like, the moon and the tides. Like, it just it <laughs> oh can't God. be stopped. It's like, like Weinstein's <laughs> lawyer who said all that shit yesterday. Oh, yes. Just... yes, yeah. And it's mm. just... It would be hysterical if it wasn't for the fact that women are just blamed over and over again for the worst yeah. behaviour of men. Like, if you hadn't provoked that behaviour from him, he wouldn't have behaved that way. And it's just mm. like, well, how about he just stopped behaving that way? Right. And <laughs> there wouldn't be a problem. Ugh. That's so, my bit. <laughs> so you, you think it's the employer that should yeah, be Yeah, I think they should be yeah. held responsible yeah. for how their other employees are right. reacting yeah. to this woman. Yeah. Like, I don't... I, I, yeah, I just... I, I don't think... And the whole thing... Because in the court, in the... When they have the boss on the stand, he says something like, oh, I can't speak to her about her dress and all that kind of thing because then she'd sue me. And I was like, but dress codes... Are dress codes yes. a thing at this Exactly. Point? They like, are a thing. Uh, it's that thing of, like... Uh, 
work, like my places of work have always had dress codes. Yeah. So they absolutely can turn around and tell women. But the problem is, is actually she wasn't violating a dress code, I don't think. I don't think she was dressing particularly. But this is it. I'm just like... uh, She wasn't wearing a bikini at work. Like no no one has said like other than... She dresses too sexy, but no one's actually specified what, what that, that means. Meant. Yeah, and all because we, it doesn't all mean we anything. Can go on is by what we see in the courtroom, and to us, like we said, it, nothing. Like like we say, like she it wasn't like she was. Uh, she was just wearing a just top. Look normal. <laughs> she just did. There's nothing provocative about this woman, other, other than, than she was a blonde, attractive woman mm. in a suit. Like it just, and it's like unless. You're saying her appearance is like drastically different to this, which they won. And the fact that Billy was saying, oh, she needs to tone it down. It's just like, it's blowing my mind. Mm. <laughs> and there's no, you can't stipulate a dress code to to calm the men down because who knows what their peccadillos are. Like as Amy right. said earlier, there are some men that obviously find peep toe shoes attractive. <laughs> um, some men are going to are going to be really attracted to a woman in a roll neck. Yeah. You know I mean, you, don't, you yeah. can't stipulate a dress code for their reaction to what a person exactly. wears. Well, exactly. there was that whole hoo ha about an MP showing a shoulder recently. Oh uh, yeah, Tracy Brabin. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like. Fucking hell, can't it's a shoulder. Fucking <laughs> God. Like, call your boots. It's really not that big a deal. Crazy. I just yeah, I I think what what is the problem is the men it, it uh, like the, the people talking inappropriately yes. about this person yes. is what it sounds like. I I yeah, I just think maybe it's maybe the problem bullshit. is that the, the women that brought the action right. brought it against another woman. Why why were they not bringing it against the men? Exactly. Yes. Well this is it, is that yes. because women are always blamed for the behaviour yeah. of men. I mean I know that doesn't make a great storyline, David Kelly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's obviously them. It's they're responsible for for what's going on in the office, not the woman. Right. Yeah. I I just think this this is the thing is that women will be blamed by men and other women alike for the right. behaviour of men. Yeah. Like and that is just shit that, in... like Billy saying about Renee walking around with her condos out the front and everything else and how it's distracting. It's actually quite insulting to men so, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because like they. I don't want to be the not all men person because I'm not about that. But I have actually worked with a number of men who have managed not to sexually harass me as well. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. But let's, it's astonishing let's... how they can not do that. Yeah, and and you have amazing condos over. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, it also it does it feeds into that. A sort of story that we tell ourselves about men is that they can't control, control themselves, it. and mm. it's like they, can. they absolutely they can. they can and actually like like you say, not all men have that urge to control. Like it's not something that yeah, they're not constantly seeing a woman and thinking, oh my god, <gasps> don't don't focus on her on her boobs for God's sake. Do you know yeah, because I mean? like, I'm going just... to ejaculate if I do. Yeah, like... <laughs> Oh God, there's a sexy woman. <laughs> it's it's they're not animals. No, they're not. Men are not animals. They are better than that. Like, and to to say otherwise does them a disservice yeah. because they it, they're not animals. That the those that pander or, or allow themselves to not control yeah. is it that that's 
that's society telling them that, that it's, got they were allowed to, allowed to do that. Mm. Um, and actually, yeah, I agree with you. I, I said, you know, when I was writing my notes for this bit, I was sort of, you know, if your employees are disgruntled, then your the employer has the responsibility to try to resolve it. And they are responsible for the atmosphere that the employees are so upset about, those mm. women are upset about. And because they, as employers, enable the kind of messages about what is and isn't acceptable. And by not dealing with the men's behaviour, they've been saying implicitly that it's okay. You're, it's okay. Yeah. And only they can change that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, uh, the answer is not telling Alice how to dress because I actually don't think that would make a difference <laughs> if you're constantly saying you know, women are there to objectify. Yeah. The answer is, is the issue is with their men's behaviour, nothing to do with what Alice is actually And also wearing. the thing with the other women in the office being like, you know, it, it's not her fault the way the men are acting. You are putting so much responsibility mm. on this woman. Like, she's not that powerful. <laughs> like, she really it, isn't. Do you know what? It actually is the same, basically, as when a woman... It reports a rape and they go well what was she wearing exactly yeah. it's yeah. the same exactly exactly it's absolutely irrelevant it's it, it's that thing of like slut shaming feeds directly into victim blaming that is absolutely what happens all mm. the time I, I it's that it's a direct journey one to the other and it just like it, i don't it, understand and it, slut shaming i think you know What's what's wrong with being a slut? Come on. <laughs> no, well, I, nothing. I even like it's that thing of like, what is a slut? Yeah, like, where, a woman I, that likes having where, sex. Yeah, like when does scandalous? When, yeah, or it, it just like there's no there's no like there's no definition that makes any sense no. like, when it comes to a slut. Like <laughs> it's a nonsensical word. And it's, it's also sexist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And put women in their place. Yeah, exactly. Right, well, I think we've solved that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, verdict of the week. The jury's back. Amy and Zoe, do you guys want to give your verdicts of the week first? So, guilty. Let's start guilty, because that's always fun. <laughs> I, I was I was going to pick Billy, because I think his behaviour was completely abhorrent. Yeah. And yes. um, you know, disappointing and, uh, you know, just really really disappointing but I think I'm gonna have to go with Richard because he was so revoltingly homophobic yes yes and yes. said some really insulting things so Richard is my guilty of the week yes um and my not guilty again initially I was gonna pick Ling because I thought you know the character development and yeah. the fact yeah. that she did you know come off really soft not saying women should be soft but just showed a different side of herself yeah yeah um, but it's got to be Renee because yes. yes. of all yeah. the reasons we've discussed I yes. love Renee I think she's a great character again I kind of feel she's a bit underrated but like Georgia yes. of course. and yeah. Um, yeah. finally someone spoke up and said something to Billy and it was <laughs> yes. Renee and I'm like yes yeah and of yes, course Renee. it was Renee of course <laughs> How about you, Zoe? I I have a not guilty, and I actually am picking Ling as my not guilty. Okay. I I really like the way she was open enough to explore explore her sexuality and open up about that and mm. encourage someone else that she'd had an issue with before over the same thing to go, actually, maybe there is something here, let's explore this and see where this goes, and if it's a thing for us, and she encouraged that, and I, I actually found that really mm. heartwarming that they did it. 
Yes. She actually initiated it as well, didn't she? Yes. Yeah. So, yes. Mm. Good, good. I like that. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mine was basically, I was <laughs> going to go with uh, Richard or Renee. I think I'm going to give Renee a not guilty. Okay. Yeah, nice. For giving us the takedown of Billy that we're so desperate <laughs> for someone to do. And it's finally happened. So yeah. I've got to give that to Renee. Um, can I have two guilties? Uh, yeah. Okay. Because I also want to give Richard a guilty for his homophobia because, I mean, obviously... It was atrocious. None of the internalised homophobia is great in this episode. But Richard Richard offended me so much because it was played so much for laughs mm. and it just doesn't sit mm. well today no, at all. In a way that, although Ling and Ali's reactions still come across as kind of dated, I can at least understand it a bit more because they're worried about what their curiosity means and in the context of society at that time I can see why um, and I can kind of relate to that but hopefully now if this was happening in 2020 they would just go off and be their best by themselves but yeah. you know um, but Richard just comes across as offensive and puerile and ignorant and it's like that's not funny no and I'm not here for it no and just hateful hateful yeah like mm. the use of the word like butt pirate like <laughs> it's just it's hate it's yeah, a, it's a speech. Horrible, horrible thing yes. to call someone. But also, I really don't think I can let this episode slide without giving a guilty for John for being a violent perpetrator of sexual assault. <laughs> yes. Like, what? <laughs> how? I know. How has this man come to How has it come to this? It come to this? <laughs> I just can't get that image out of my head of him just being like, boom, 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 boom. It's awful. I yeah. think that is a justifiable not um a justifiable guilty. Yeah. Extra guilty. Yes. Absolutely. Agreed. <laughs> Great. Agreed. Um well, I would love to hear what everyone listening thinks of this episode, because I feel like it was quite a memorable one. Like it's quite an iconic one, I think, particularly if uh Agreed. in the queer community yeah. for uh, Ling and Ali. I know a lot of people remember this episode and uh saw it as some of their the beginnings of their sexual awakenings as well. Um, yes. And also curious to see how people feel about the um, spanking storyline. Because mm. that was... Um, I think I thought it was funny at oh, the yeah. time when I first it watched it. totally played for laughs. But it's yeah. not. It's not funny. <laughs> so curious to hear what people think that are listening. Um, you can get in touch with us um, at Bygones Podcast on Twitter and Facebook and Bygones Pod on Instagram. And of course, you can always email us on bygonespodcast at gmail.com. Um, but I also want um, Amy and Zoe to tell us where people can find them. And you must listen to their podcast um, yes. if you like anything to do with not just boy bands, but music, nostalgia, um, great storytelling, hilarious scientific maths that they've oh, made Oh, please up. keep going. <laughs> All keep going. <laughs> it's just a really fun I'd podcast. Like, I'm glad to be finally recognised for my science. <laughs> <laughs> next next it'll be a Nobel. Yeah, I think mm. it should be. Yes. Nobel in boy bands. Service is the boy bands. Yeah. Yes. We are on Instagram at I'm with the Boy Band. Yeah. Uh, we're on Twitter at the Boy Band Pod. Or you can find us on Facebook. You just search for I'm with a Boy Band. There's a page, but there's also a group that you have to ask to join. Um so come join in the chat there. Ah, yeah, and obviously yes. you can find us in all the places you normally listen to podcasts. You're just looking for I'm with the boy band. Yes. 
Um, and yeah, make sure you do that. It's brilliant. Uh, we'd like to, th- to thank you guys for having us on. We've, re- I mean, I've really enjoyed it. It's, yeah, it's been so much fun. Oh, yes, I'm so, so nice to have you on. So pleased to have you on, and nice to chat with uh, people who uh, were there at the beginning and also yeah. experiencing the same, um, the same sort of reaction Shock to us. and horror. That's always good. We've got on the same journey, I think, together. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> thank you so much. And um, so yeah, until next time. Bye, bye guys. <laughs> Pretty woman, walking down the street, pretty woman, a kind I like to meet, pretty woman.